0: You're listening to Creating a Universe, a Love Anarchy podcast hosted by William J. Rogers. On this show, we follow the journey of creatives, artists, and entrepreneurs who are making a name for themselves in the ever-evolving landscape of today's industry. Featuring an insight into both Love Anarchy and the Labaniverse music universe, as well as the individual projects and stories of each of our guests from the music industry and beyond. So, whether you're a budding creative or simply interested in what goes on behind the scenes, this. Is the podcast for you? Hello, and welcome to Creating a Universe. I'm your host William J. Rogers, and today I am here with metal composer, producer, and keyboard wizard Nathan Gross. How's it going, man?
1: Hey, well, it's going great. Uh, <laughs> great to be here. Great, to yeah, see you. man.
0: <laughs> yeah, great, great to chat. So, um, just to just to kind of give our listeners a bit of a um, low down on, on, uh, on, on yourself, would you maybe be able to start just with a bit of an introduction of who you are and an overview of what you're doing?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, um, I'm a keyboardist, uh, and, uh, doing it for a while, I guess <laughs> doing it for a long time. Uh, I'm also an orchestrator and, and well, I mean, orchestrator and keyboardist in, uh, my groups, uh, Age of Athena. I'm um, also Blood of Indigo as well, um, and Haven Dream too. Um, I'm also a bit of a producer and also a mix engineer too. <laughs> so yeah, I guess you could say I do a lot of things.
0: <laughs> yeah, cool man. Yeah, you <laughs> certainly seem like a busy man in uh, in the music <laughs> space. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, go on.
1: Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say a little bit. Um, I'd say around. I'd say around this time. Uh, it's uh, been mostly busy. Have a have a few projects to work on, but, um, but yeah, you know, sometimes it's sometimes it's busy, sometimes it isn't. Uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of like the musician's life. It kind of sways from being busy, from okay. I'm. T- it's kind of a bit of a break now but I don't know you're it's like you're still working but you're I don't know not working sometimes
0: <laughs> sure sure yeah but I, I as you suggest I mean like being a a musician or being an artist is is kind of like a ongoing process you know as you say it it's, you know it's comes and goes with how uh chaotic or busy it is but like it's it's always going right
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's always it's always going um at a pace and I guess sometimes like it slows down it picks up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one of those so, times where it's picked up a little bit, but
0: that's, yeah. yeah, that's what I was wondering. So we're, we're in a busy period now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got a few things going on. Like, uh, I'd say for what's a, uh, what's a good example. Um, I'm working with this, uh, one band that I'm producing a little bit. Um, they've mostly produced, uh, themselves for the most part, um, but there are a few things I'm helping with uh, production-wise. Cool. Uh, then I'm like mixing their stuff, um, doing some orchestrations for another project as well. Um, cool. Then uh, we got a show coming up next week. So yeah, a few things. Nice. <laughs> a, little <busy>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a little busy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that being said, like, uh, so I I came across you originally through Blood of Indigo. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, we had Alex on the podcast just a few episodes ago. Actually, yeah, that's um, wonderful. Yeah, Alex Center Army for anyone that doesn't know, and that was a fantastic episode. Like uh, Alex is a great guy. Um, you know, your your bandmate, of course. Um, yeah. And uh, and yeah, so I, I first came across Blood of Indigo, and uh, you know, came across yourself through there, and then actually only recently realized just how much um you had going on and 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 all these different projects and um the different bands uh Age of Athena, Haven Dream like it's incredible music man so much so much incredible music yeah. there and thank <laughs> you yeah so you know you I I feel you know you're definitely being uh humble about it I think because uh <laughs> you know you you've definitely got that um Maestro quality, you know, orchestral, epic metal <laughs> mastermind. It's yeah, yeah. contributing to lots of projects. That's super awesome, man. Just just my kind of uh <laughs> my my kind of aspirational thing, man. So i I, I really dig it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much, man. Yeah. I'm uh I just preach I just uh, uh sorry, my mind uh my mind basically uh <laughs> stops sometimes when, I, when I'm trying to say sight- <laughs> what I'm trying to say words so uh you'll have to forgive sorry, me buddy. no <laughs> um uh but yeah th- yeah thanks so much man I'm uh I'm just really glad you're enjoying all the stuff uh you know I've been involved in so I really uh always appreciate it um yeah and um lots of that was uh music that um I had been working on for a really long time uh a really long time with these people like uh especially uh the especially with Age of Athena and Blood of Indigo, that's now, you know finally released, right? Um, mm. It's been a, been a long time. Um, I know Alex was probably telling you already, but um, you know, we've been probably working on that since 2017, I think, I believe, a yeah, long wow. time. Um, mm. same with uh, same with Age of Athena. That was my uh, first band. Um, you know, started it when I, you know, went to school for music. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm no, I'm no longer in school for music, but, um, but yeah, like, um, that was just us, um, you know, sitting in my, like, uh, literally dorm room and just we started writing songs together. So, so yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's been a, it's been a long journey. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm just glad that that music is finally out and, um, just, uh, glad to hear like feedback from yourself and from. I remember when else has been liking it. Um, yeah, and you know now I'm mostly focusing my efforts on a uh, haven dream these days and the other projects that I have going on. But, cool. but yeah, it's uh, it's great. I'm glad you're enjoying it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, very much so. And I mean, as well, just to put some context there, like about busy periods and whatnot. I mean, the like as you say, this this is a culmination of years of work, which I totally understand. You've you've just released the Blood of Indigo album only a few months ago, um, mm, yeah. and and the Age of Athena album came out was it December last year?
1: Yeah, so it was within uh, the last
0: year as well.
1: Yeah, I think it was December. I um, Can't remember which day, December like fourteenth or seventeenth, I believe, of mm-hmm. last year. I believe. So yeah. so in the
0: in the last year, you've released two massive albums.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah uh,
0: must have been quite uh intense. <laughs> especially especially after years and years of build up for them both.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny the uh the age of athena record was uh was uh mostly like finished already for but a year and a half, uh two wow. years. Um I think most of us were taking a little bit of a break from the group, but uh mm. But then we eventually decided that we uh, just wanted to release it. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm just glad that uh, that people want uh, are liking it, liking the video and everything. So yeah,
0: cool. So you, you said you had a gig next week. Is that with Age of Athena or?
1: Um, it's with uh, it's with this group called uh, Nameless Friends. They're called Nameless um, Friends. Cool. Yeah, they're uh, they're a uh, local here to London. Um, and I played a show with them in August, I believe we, yeah, August 1st. And, uh, we went all the way, uh, up North to deep river to play a show. It was fun. <laughs> nice. Um, but, um, but yeah, um, we enjoyed playing with each other. So we said, yeah, let's do this again. And, uh, we're going to be playing, uh, at this place called, it's called Palsad Social. It's kind of a, it's kind of an Ontario, uh, type of place. So yeah, right. it's a fun place to go to.
0: So yeah, Nice. So yeah, just to clarify in case anybody hasn't clocked this, we're talking about London, Ontario in Canada, where you're from, not London, England, where I'm from. (laughs) Yeah, it's,
1: yeah, it's always, it's always funny. Like uh, when, like I tell people I'm from London, it's like, oh, you're from the UK. I'm like, I'm from from the Ontario, London. It's yeah. 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 It's it's always a fun joke.
0: (laughs) So when you say that it's an Ontario kind of place, what does that entail?
1: Was until um, I guess maybe um, like I haven't heard of it being anywhere else. I guess um, I don't know. I guess I just came up with that just on the spot. But um,
0: but yeah, well, yeah I'm, I'm just interested in what makes it an Ontario kind of place. Like what I've never been to Ontario. You know, I, I only yeah. know London in England. So <laughs> I mean, you yeah. said it's like a bowling place.
1: Yeah, like you can um, you can get like pizza there. You can get a like all sorts of variety of foods. It's basically like a restaurant and uh bowling yes. in one. Nice. And then they also have a stage where you can listen to music.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: Do they do and white just...
0: Russians? So you can sit there like the dude from the big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know uh, if you know a... that movie. <laughs> I actually,
1: actually don't know what, uh what that means. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually <don't> sorry, <laughs> man. It's,
0: it's a movie. Yeah. It's a movie, but the, the main character is called the dude and he likes to hang out in the bowling alley, bowling. Stuff, oh. so, yeah <laughs> drinking cocktails uh, yeah yeah. So. Oh, that's so funny
1: <laughs> yeah i mean um i was i guess you could say that was uh kind of me last week i sort of <laughs> <laughs> i sort of went to well I, I went there to watch some friends perform uh last mm. friday and uh I mean, I didn't have a cocktail, but I just had like, <laughs> yeah, you know, my nice, uh, my nice beer and, uh, some pizza. So it was cool.
0: <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of music are you playing with this band then?
1: Uh, with nameless friends
0: with nameless friends. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so I think they described themselves as glam and that glam rock, I believe. Glam nice. Rock.
0: Nice. Yeah. So we got to do some, some party uh, music.
1: Yeah. Uh, A little bit. Um, I mean, I mean, they're a better judge of their styles than I am, but, uh, but, uh, I basically get to play some organ solos, which is, uh, really cool. Um, it was, it's uh, something that I have probably never done before. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, so, so yeah, it's fun. Um, and then they have like some traditional elements too, which is great. So they kind of have like that nice, uh, fusion between, uh, kind of like the old school glam rock stuff and also the modern uh, music that's around today so yeah i really i really like when uh bands kind of uh push those boundaries they kind of like take uh stuff that already exists and they create something new with it Um, Mm and i think uh yeah i think uh I think uh, that's something that aspiring artists should pay attention to.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. A- absolutely. Exactly. It's like, that's the beauty of music, isn't it? From a Western perspective, let's say you've got like 12 notes, right? But it's just yeah. these kind of, um, you can, endless variations to keep it fresh, right? You know, you can kind of keep doing the yeah. same things, but you can always just, um Yeah. Do, do something or, or, you know, mix these combinations to keep it fresh. And that's, that's just the, the art of it really, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, you have like this limited number of notes, but you also have these, uh, unlimited, uh, possibilities. Right. Um, I know it's, uh, I know it's kind of like an old saying, right. Um, I know we've heard that saying a few times, but, but no, it really is true. Like, um, and you know, there's all these different, uh, you know, tonal options with them like uh you know not just limited with piano right um with many other instruments um so it's like a wide variety of uh you know tonal colors that you can create um you know tonal sounds that you can create or or atonal if that's your sort of thing um Mm -hmm. but yeah like there's yeah there's no limitations these days it's um it's all about uh creating what's uniquely you Mm
0: mm-hmm yeah, yeah yeah man i love that yeah and there's different combinations as well from like a production standpoint there's different things you can do sonically you know different kinds of guitar sounds and drum sounds and, and all sorts so yeah it's it's really cool and i think that um, it's all just about like looking for it like really delving into music because i, I feel like a a more narrow-minded approach from somebody that doesn't search this much stuff out you know um might listen to the radio or whatever and be like oh music is terrible these days it was all better (laughs) in whatever era they they prefer you know but but yeah the truth of the matter is especially if you look beneath the surface there is just endless creativity and it's so inspiring to see you know there are so many um talented musicians and and stuff like all over the place and artists and people pushing boundaries and Mixing formats and all sorts, man. It's, it's awesome.
1: Yeah, it really is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I mean, Ontario seems to be a pretty cool place for it. It, it just uh, maybe it just so happens that I've keep coming across artists from Ontario, but like it really kind of seems like you've got a bit of a a bit of a scene going there, which is really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, we do. We have um, lots of. Uh, metal bands in the scene. Um, all of them are uh, very passionate about what they do. Um, if I could name some, um, definitely, definitely Solaris. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Lucas personally um, and uh, the other guys personally, they're, they're a very, uh, just a great like general. Uh, I think they, I think they describe themselves as uh, dark symphonic metal, I believe, um, nice. but genre. they're, but they're uh, they have like such like a big massive sound, and um, mm-hmm. I just uh, yeah I just love the the work that they do, and um, it's also been fun collaborating with them as well. Um, but yeah, every time I see them on stage, they're they're just always uh, you know killing it, um, always uh, getting the audience involved. It's really wonderful, actually. And then you know there's other groups like. Um, Lutharo is another one. They're, I think they're from Hamilton, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Like yeah, fantastic performer, yeah, yeah fantastic, fantastic performers. Oh, yes. Um, who else I can name off the top of my head? Um,
0: well, I, I and, think Lindsay's from around there, right? Like Alex, obviously spoke about. Oh Lindsay's yes, of course.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, she was on the filling, blood
0: of indigo album <laughs> yeah
1: thanks for filling my thoughts there yeah my brain right. went blank again uh <laughs> yeah Lindsay, Lindsay schoolcraft's a uh wonderful person wonderful performer um it was uh it was also great getting to have her on a blood of indigo records um she's an amazing performance um mm. and like uh just like, just like getting to edit the takes and everything. Like even just that it was just really special. Yeah. Yeah, Um, and then, uh, and then there's also, um, uh, my really good friend, uh, uh, she goes by snow maiden. Um, she's a like phenomenal, uh, opera singer. Um, she does, uh, uh, she actually did a tour recently with her, uh, band Everdon, which is from the States. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, they went around, uh, uh, Europe with, uh, Michael Schenker, I believe his name is. Um, I, it's, but yeah, it's, but yeah, like, um, you know, we've been, we've been friends for a while. Um, uh, one of my best friends actually. Um, it's, nice. it's just always a pl- pleasure uh, getting to work with her. Um, wonderful human being. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we met back in, uh, university days like we kind of uh were we we had the same like uh love for nightwish basically Um, like i just uh i just remember uh when i (laughs) i walked into the choir room like we were in the same choir i had to sing um i'm not really a singer but um Mm -hmm. that was kind of our program requirements we had to sing if we were on a keyboard instrument uh (laughs) so i walked in uh the choir room basically and i was wearing a nightwish shirt and, and like t- it was like she immediately noticed it and she's like oh my god you like nightwish amazing nice. <laughs> and so i don't know that's how that friendship started um i
0: feel i feel as if for people involved in symphonic metal it's kind of like all roads lead yeah. back to nightwish right
1: <laughs> yeah they yeah that's a,
0: the band for that
1: <laughs> yeah like that was that was the band for For me at least um it would and Mm -hmm. even for her too um it like both of us were really passionate about uh that band you know i you know had an admiration for a you know uh thomas solopainen and then Mm -hmm. you know she also had an admiration for uh uh Mm taria so um so yeah but but yeah i just remember when uh like this is why i went to school for music basically um Mm -hmm. i just remember hearing now you wish for the first time just listening to those uh albums over and over again because um, mm-hmm. so i was literally obsessed with them i believe it was the the once dark passion play in imaginary I mean, once yeah it was those ones yeah, uh, in particular sense, yeah. yeah and and i'm just re- i just remember saying okay um that's what i want to do in my life and
0: nice.
1: i want to actually understand how orchestration works how all these um other aspects of music works and I want to get better at my instrument. Um, and uh and uh Jordan Redes from Dream Theater was also a big inspiration for me with uh, yeah pretty much uh all the improvisations that he was making. And uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: it was uh just so inspiring to me. And that's uh that's why I became an improviser myself. Uh, was uh largely to do with him and also uh the classical monsters too. But mm-hmm. but yeah, but yeah, you know, um I mean I don't know i don't know if i went off went off topic there but no um, it's great man. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> whatever you want to talk
0: about <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i guess i i guess i always say that out of the blue but uh but yeah but yeah um but yeah i was but yeah i was gonna say you know um uh alina's a fantastic singer um
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's just uh it's just always so uh wonderful working with her we always have we always share like the same type of humor and uh it's just great um and
0: uh so just to it. clarify i mean you you've done a bit of work with so alina is snow maiden right
1: yeah, yeah and right? Uh, so, so so she uh, has like
0: a solo project called snow maiden and then other bands that she's in as well i know that yeah, you've done a bit actually, of work with that and also she's the singer of your project right here, here yeah. You. yeah
1: yeah cool. yeah i was gonna get into that so cool <laughs> so um yeah so um uh she has released a, a song in the past with a uh, with Snow Maiden, um, and it was uh, I believe it was called a uh, Winter's Kiss, I believe. Nice. Yeah, something like that. Um, Suitable for the name. Yeah, Winter's Kiss, and uh, and I got to orchestrate a little bit for it, so that was fun. Um, I, will, um, yeah, it's cool. Um, I'm not sure if she's working on more stuff for that, but um, but mm-hmm. I would uh, I would. I would uh, love to see it. That would be, of course, be up to her, right? Um, but um, but yeah. So like, she's in these other groups too, like uh everdon as well. Um, fantastic group. Um, you know, their first album is fantastic. Uh, I love listening to it. Um, and then yeah, um, you know, it was um, it was um, obvious because of our you know like love for Nightwish, like you know Taria and like. Thomas uh we were definitely going to be doing music together um and and so um and so like i had like this music uh that i had been working on um aside from Age of Athena which was uh which was Haven Dream basically um it was material that didn't necessarily uh suit Age of Athena it didn't sound like it um and so i wanted to kind of go solo with that um Nice. I I was still deciding if it was going to be for Age but then I was like, okay, um, no, this is definitely solo material. So I'm gonna start my own group and I'm gonna have uh someone sing the material that I write. And uh yeah, yeah, that's sort of how uh uh where it began. And uh and I was just like, Yes, it definitely has to be her singing this stuff. <laughs> so nice. Yeah. Um and, uh, so, you know, like, uh, I brought the, the parts to her. I, uh, her look them over. So, so, you know, I would have to, I would have to write a vocal score basically. Um, cause uh, that's how she likes to read her parts. Um, and, and of course, uh, to make it suit her voice, we're kind of getting into, you know, revision process now and uh, recording process. So, mm-hmm. so, so she would, uh, she would read the the parts, and uh she would say, okay, okay, this is this can kind of work, this doesn't work, this work, mm-hmm. this doesn't work." Yeah, you can learn a lot from uh from other musicians um
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know um you're not always the smartest person in the room <laughs> um, <laughs> sure. and uh and um and you know the vocal parts actually you know got better because uh she had a lot of great ideas uh. For like uh, some nice. let's say better better lyrics or uh, uh, just some better uh, maybe maybe lines that would be a little smoother in, in mm-hmm. some cases but um but yeah kind of having you know that second pair of ears is always good because uh totally. sometimes you you uh you will hear uh you won't sorry you won't hear something that they hear and um yeah that's always the beauty of collaboration right um totally. Yeah, but um, but uh, but yeah, that's what um. Uh, I know you were telling me you were listening to the uh, the songs the other day, so um, I'm mm-hmm. glad you really enjoyed them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a that was a result of, of that process. So I kind of just uh was almost learning uh production at that point. Um, this was kind of the this was kind of the album that um. I mean, still working on it, obviously, uh, but but this was kind of the album that made me uh that helped me to understand uh production a bit I was mm-hmm. a more of a self-taught person um I did eventually uh go to school for music uh production a little bit um I learned a few things but I'm mostly self-taught uh mm-hmm. but yeah I think it just came from that like curiosity of wanting to
0: yeah.
1: learn about it um uh my first mixes were terrible <laughs> <You gotta start laughs> I mean somewhere i mean you gotta start somewhere right yeah, um yeah, yeah. and you know um but you know even just uh even just like uploading the stuff i thought was kind of good at the time uh and you know still seeing people enjoy it was uh an amazing feeling
0: uh man yeah. totally i i, I mean yeah. I, men- I mentioned to you and that's the thing is like you can see that process especially for people that are involved in it as well like i i listened to all of your music that I could find (laughs) and, um, and yeah, so the Haven dream, you've got a couple of tracks out as the, at the time that we're recording this at least, um, there's a couple of tracks on there and they were released in 2018. And, um, I mean, I could hear the, obviously like the mixing is not necessarily as polished as stuff that you've released more, um, recently, Mm. but what I could hear was one, the songs were like amazing. And two, the production was still really good, and I just had to think of like myself because I think that we're roughly same kind of age and you know, um, similar-ish background, I suppose. And and I even said to you, like, man, I couldn't mix to save my life in 2018. So you know, yeah. to kind of to put it in that perspective, I I think that you did an incredible job, man. And obviously, it only gets better from there. So it's it's wicked, man.
1: Oh, okay. Well, thank- well, thanks so much man yeah yeah it was um it was kind of like my first time just uh you know showing people uh what i could do with uh with kind of like my songwriting skills i think mm-hmm. i think i was more focused on like the writing aspect uh more than the mix yeah. uh so it's about sure. creating
0: mm-hmm. something yourself right i mean that was the thing so haven yeah, dream yeah. Is, a, is essentially like a solo project like the i guess the difference between haven dream and any other band is that like You're calling all the, you know, you're calling all the shots there or you're creating that project. Obviously you've mentioned that you have somewhat of a collaborative kind of back and forth with Alina on the vocals front, Yeah, but it still comes from you kind of composing everything and then just kind of like, um, adding her kind of feedback to to adjust that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So I just, I write the initial like ideas and, uh, Mm -hmm. The arrangements. So I do. I do all the instrumental side of things, and then I write the general idea of like the whole like melody throughout the and the uh, lyrics through the entire mm-hmm. song. And um, and then I'll be like, okay, now it's time to uh, show these lyrics and uh, melodies to Alina and see what she thinks. And cool. And then uh, and then she'll and I I just really uh love her honesty uh, yeah. with, uh <laughs> nice. when it comes to music, I, it's yeah, I really, yeah. yeah. Like I really, I really appreciate like honest musicians when like, you know, they, they say things to make your music better mm-hmm. and, uh, they're always thinking of the best on uh, you. Know, I really love those people. Um, but yeah, she'll, she'll tell me if something's like, okay, this is good. Uh, this won't really work <laughs> yeah. or like, um, or like, how about we make the lyrics about this in, instead of this. And I'm just like, oh, I never really thought of that. Like that's an yeah, amazing cool, idea. Man. So so like there's there's literally one uh there's uh well there's like there's a few instances where some of the lyrics are are change a little bit to um, her liking, right? And mm-hmm. uh something that like, you know, she can uh, feel while singing. But there was exactly. there was like there was like there's like one song where she just straight up uh you know did all the lyrics herself and cool. uh and then um I just uh kept like the melody around them but Mm -hmm. but yeah like it's it it's uh it's nice uh um i guess you could say it's nice not doing everything yourself i know that sounds like a funny thing to say but uh yeah yeah. no it's it's
0: good to not be like sometimes it feels like you're in a vacuum you know when you're (laughs) doing like especially really big like dense orchestral symphonic metal like yeah you can kind of go crazy it's definitely helpful to have those extra ears and there's extra people to, to yeah off. and
1: she's yeah and she's uh you know she, she's just a really thoughtful person overall so she always has mm-hmm. like these uh and like creative person too so she always has these um really um good ideas um to like uh so like she'll hear my idea and she's really good at like bouncing off of those ideas she's like okay mm-hmm. how about we do this instead or this instead and it's um yeah, it's it's so it's always a fun process with her.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. So so for that project then, like I get that. Yeah, you're basically composing everything. It's kind of your project. Then you're working with Elena on the vocals. So at what stage does guitars, drums, bass, all of that stuff come into it? Do you like compose that from the start, or do you play guitar at all? How how does that work?
1: Yes. Yeah. That's a great question. So, um, I played most of the guitar on this record um wow, though cool. though i'm not i don't consider myself a great guitarist
0: well um, you've done a great job though wow
1: yeah 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 thanks for thanks for saying that uh, i do well it, okay my brain went blank again
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. i i yeah, i get i get what you mean though i i mean i know what you mean in the Uh, I have a similar approach in that I just kind of try and do everything and it's about creating something as you said even about mixing like I was really just wanting to make music and then realized I needed to learn how to mix to make it sound better and so there's lots of things that I don't really consider myself much of a this instrument but like you just kind of do it and so the fact that you actually recorded all the guitars like and even though despite not really seeing yourself as a guitarist that's, that's awesome man that's that's great work.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, man. Well, I did, I did have some help. However, um, cool. for, for a few parts, um, mm-hmm. you probably, you probably heard it on the, on the way to my C. I Um, I had some help from, uh, Lucas MacArthur from Solaris. Um, I was telling you about cool. them earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, fantastic group. Um, so, so I, so I definitely knew that I wanted him to help me with some stuff because, I just couldn't play um certain riffs or I just wasn't uh I wasn't rhythm guitar inclined like I didn't yeah, yeah I didn't have those uh ideas so so for example there's like a bridge after the first chorus of the way to my sea um where there's like kind of a riffing part yeah that's uh that's Lucas um for sure, sure. and then there's and then there's some parts during the pre-chorus that he plays as well um and I think during the introduction um I didn't I didn't necessarily know how to record at the time uh like properly so I only had him like record a few parts but I don't know surprisingly um my playing and his playing uh blended together uh well so um, so that's good at least (laughs) because sometimes
0: I I certainly wasn't noticing any chop changer guitarist. Like as they say like Tony's in the in the hands, right? So uh often you can tell a different guitarist even if all the settings are the same, you know? But yeah that was pulled off very well so nice nicely done
1: yeah yeah it's good to hear yeah i wanted to yeah i kind of wanted to uh, you know parts to be played by him so it just would be a lot cleaner the riffs would just sound uh, mm-hmm. it would sound like an actual riff right um mm-hmm, yeah. but but yeah like um um aside from aside from like those parts um which he did an incredible job with um, um uh i ended up playing most of the parts myself because i guess i just wanted it to be a certain way or something, but sure, yeah, yeah. or or maybe or maybe I was just um I was just inclined to uh, challenge myself in a way. Nice. Um, I Was inclined to see if I could actually play guitar on my own record. Um, I nice. mean, probably these days I'd get someone else to do it because um, mm-hmm. I mean, without proper technique, it's a little hard on your on your wrist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, but yeah, it was um. It was just good that Lucas was able to fill those parts in. Um, yeah, definitely a challenge. Definitely a challenge. Um,
0: Are you you know, tracking to... everything at home then?
1: Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I've had this M audio interface for a few years now. It's uh, it's one of the older versions of it. Um, mm-hmm. So I just tracked through that. I just tracked straight in, direct in, and mm-hmm. I used amp sims, and nice. uh, and I just recorded um, left and right guitars. And,
0: uh, Great.
1: and I would, uh, I would just do that for mostly the album, surprisingly, some of the guitars are a little bit out of tune, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, uh, but, but, you know, again, like, um, it's not like, uh, it's not a guitar, uh, it's not a guitar focused, uh, record. It's more about the, mm-hmm. you know, Alina's vocals and, uh, the orchestrations, the right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You just yeah. want that, uh, metal kind of rhythm going through it, right?
1: Yeah. Kind of like the. It's kinda of like the guitars, uh, bass and drum are drums are like the support and like the fullness. Um, yeah. there are some moments where they uh uh stand out like in uh like in some of the there's a few other tracks where they stand out a little more, but um, for the most part it was always an album that was just gonna be uh, you know, band is supporting orchestra and vocals mm-hmm. are more in the front, I'd say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I t- I totally get that. And I like that. And you, you don't actually get it too much, even in symphonic metal. And stuff, I think yeah. it's definitely still industry standard to have the big upfront, uh, you know, drums and and yeah, everything else.
1: Yeah, I find uh, I find metal is uh, kind of missing that these days a little bit.
0: Do you know, um, it's just sometimes, yeah. sometimes it sounds really good, like overall, especially like technically as a mix, but like you'll have an amazing orchestral part that just kind of gets tied down to like a crisp, you know, it's just like a yeah. really thin sort of sound and you don't get the nuance of all the orchestral parts there. Yeah. And that's a shame.
1: Yeah. I've never, yeah. And uh yeah, I feel exactly the way you feel. Um I've heard many uh many songs where that pretty much happens and mm. uh you know they want the metal you know in the forefront which which I understand. Mm. Like I mean it's oh, um yeah it's what uh if that's what your music calls calls for then uh then yeah mm. go for it. Um but I, but I will say if the orchestral part is a very big driving force, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in, uh, in, you know, certain sections or, or maybe most of the song, then, um, you should kind of bring it up. Right. Um, tell, tell that's me. what, that's what I, that's what I feel with, the uh, with most uh, most of these productions, sometimes sometimes I want the orchestra to be louder, but it just doesn't. It doesn't get a louder.
0: <laughs> Again, yeah, you ha- yeah, you ha- yeah. You have to watch yeah. bias to a certain point as well. It's like yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. There's always always a thing like I I came from being a guitarist, and like there was always a joke about guitarists turning themselves up. You know, like yeah, you do yeah, the soundtrack yeah. but then the guitarist just like notches yeah, their yeah. amp a little bit. Yeah, Everyone yeah. wants to be louder. So obviously, if you're the keyboardist and orchestrator, you kind of want to hear more of that yeah. than maybe our listener does you know so, so yeah got, definitely gotta gotta keep it in check
1: <laughs> yeah 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 definitely definitely sometimes it is difficult keeping that in check right because yeah, it, is, yeah. uh, it is uh it is because because you know we only because you know we only have our brains right yeah like, like ourselves our own brains so we're just kind of thinking like uh oh no that's that's the right thing this is not the right thing when really yeah, yeah, yeah. when really there is no right or wrong thing right um but yeah For sure um, yeah, yeah but but definitely uh but definitely uh understanding how to uh alleviate is alleviate the right word alleviate um Perhaps, yeah. that that bias um is a yeah. good thing though because uh that's how yeah, that's how you make things work, right? That yeah.
0: that's the thing about, yeah, wearing hats, right? It kind of goes back to that thing yeah. you said before about having other ears on it, being so helpful because well, that and the fact that like yeah, developing as a producer or composer or whatever creator all around, especially if you're kind of doing all of the different jobs, you do have to try and wear hats and put yourself in these different frames of mind to, to deal with. Yeah. This, for sure. Yeah. Like,
1: especially if you're um, mixing a group that's uh or like producing a group that's not necessarily um, uh, the main genre you do, then yeah, you do have to um, change your hats around a little bit. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: It's a, uh, it's an important skill to have um, mm-hmm. being able to sort of empathize with that artist's uh, vision mm-hmm. uh, because uh, that way you can, uh, give your all in what's best for uh, that artist for that artist um, you know when you're when you're a producer and mixer it's not it's not really um, it's not really about you it's about the yeah, artist yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um so you're you're trying to bring that artist's vision to life and what the Totally. A1, right so and um, I
0: think that that helps yeah. accentuate those skills like even in in yeah. your own work, I think the trickiest one is, as you say, like when you're the producer and mixer and the artist <laughs> and you know yeah. <laughs> like everything else, then it's then it's like yeah you're you're wrestling with yourself, like the artist, and you wants to I think especially the thing is with orchestra, right like um because so much goes into it. You know, like you might have a guitar part and it's the rhythm guitar and it's doing a riff and then you like double track that, but like an orchestration could, could have so much nuance to it and you spend, you know, hours and hours like composing all of these parts that it just feels tragic when you're mixing it, like to lose (laughs) any of that nuance. So yeah, yeah, I, I think that, yeah, that's the thing. That's why I think when you hear a lot of professional mixes. Unfortunately, the orchestration often does go a little bit to the background, Um, but I I know at least from, you know, as a kind of orchestrator and producer myself, like I can definitely really appreciate um, the kind of approach that you've had with bringing the orchestra to the front and really like allowing that. Um, I guess we approach it kind of a lot like uh, film composers and things like that, right? And so Mm, yeah, kind of having that as the music with a vocal and then more just like metal backing it up is I think it's a, it's a good style as well. As you say, there's no right or wrong. It's just kind of different, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I'm glad to hear that because, um, that's, uh, that's what I've always been, uh, kind of aiming for is, uh, kind of like that more, uh, orchestral, like, uh, vocal, uh, vocal focused, uh, type of music. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, was still was still a heavy uh, band production though. But uh, yeah, but you know, like uh, the orchestra always was, and like other like let's say, synth elements and uh, vocal elements. Uh, I always wanted those to kind of be the focus because um, I I always uh the, there's so much more you can. Um, I mean, obviously, obviously I love guitar players and everything, but there, <laughs> I feel like there's I feel like there's some um, so much more you can do with synths and uh, orchestra and everything obviously you can do a lot on guitar right so so obviously I'm not I'm not trying to be that guy ever of course Um, I'm just saying I'm just saying like in in my eyes is that you know you can have just so much more tonal variety with those things and I feel that that kind of sticks out in, in metal today to me uh, mm-hmm. is those kind of things because uh yeah i th- i think that's uh i i mean it it, it just sticks out to me yeah
0: uh, i'm 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 100% with you man and i kind of understand the counts as well because i came from being a guitarist which is where i started mm. um but when i'm composing now like the orchestral stuff is it can it has the power to like totally transform it you know i can be playing a riff and i'll often start by just putting down guitars and etc mm. and yeah. and it could be cool it sounds like cool metal riff or whatever maybe it sounds quite dark um you know i have like low tuned metal guitars whatever but then you put in the orchestra and then i might you know go on and like put a lot of more like major or kind of modal tonality in there and it transforms the entire piece like it has a completely different palette to it now you know and yeah that that's amazing i think
1: yeah that's how yeah that's always how i felt about you know adding orchestrals to metal is uh Mm -hmm. is that it's probably the one thing that uh transforms your song and makes it Mm -hmm. into um something completely different. Um
0: totally, yeah. You know,
1: it's the same with same with sense as well. Um that also transforms the arrangement mm-hmm. of your song as well. Like um like uh I could definitely I could definitely tell uh uh with your song the arcane news, I was uh I was listening to it the other day. It's a oh, fantastic definitely. song by the way. Yeah, thank it, you. Thank you. Oh, i you know, appreciate um, that. Yeah, you and uh you and Pete did a killer job on that. I was oh, just uh
0: Thanks man. That means a lot from you. Yeah, it's appreciate uh that
1: it's just like, you know, the way the orchestra was, uh, going with like Pete's vocals. It was, there's just so like complimentary. And I, and I just, uh, I also loved the, the way you guys used the D Dorian mode. That was, that's fantastic. (laughs) uh, It's one of my, (laughs) it's one of my favorite keys. (laughs) Did
0: did you see the video where I was talking about using the Dorian mode or you just picked that up from your ear?
1: (laughs) Um, I, I think I saw it. I think I saw it, uh, a while ago, before I um, got a chance to listen to the song, right, a okay, yeah, I know yeah. you were talking about it, but um, but um, when I when I went and uh, listened to the piece, I was like, "Oh yeah, I picked up on it."
0: Yeah, nice, nice, yeah, yeah. cool, man. I, I appreciate that. And the thing is, like that that one from my end is definitely a good example of what I would say. Re- I can relate to what you are saying because I remember there was one comment on that song somebody said on I think the comments of a reaction video or something that like they just like piano this loud in a metal mix just doesn't make sense (laughs) to them you know Mm -hmm. like it just doesn't work for them and I just thought like cool you know because like that's that's totally cool I totally respect that that would be somebody's opinion of it but that's Mm -hmm. very deliberate You know, this is, it wasn't meant to be like a kind of typical metal song or metal mix. It is kind of like a theatrical piano ballad, almost with the orchestra and everything else. And it's in a metal context, you know, just, just like you're talking about really. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And I really, yeah. When I, and I really like when, you know, artists like yourself and Pete uh, push those boundaries um, and really like bring stuff to the forefront that wasn't really, you know, brought to the Forefront before and um yeah and I think that's I think that's a wonderful thing in music that's uh that's what makes uh you know music unique is you know you're hearing something within something you've heard a few times right um that's uh that's what that's what pushing boundaries is to me yeah
0: yeah totally man I, I totally yeah. uh uh re- resonate with that like I feel on a kind of similar wavelength which is which is really cool I mean blood of indigo had a lot of that with the album because Blood of Inigo has a pretty dark, heavy sound and like Mm -hmm. kind of a lot of like sort of black metal type elements as well. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's really heavy, but there's so many interesting things going on in the orchestration and you're doing all kinds of things that maybe, okay, maybe there's symphonic black metal and, or like black metal that does have some dark sounding strings and atmospheres, but you're doing stuff that Mm -hmm. is very atypical of that you know, like all sorts of interesting Mm. flurries and instrumentation going on, which is super, super cool, man.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah. I was, uh, I was really proud of how the work came out on that record. Um, and, uh, it definitely, it definitely took a while to get the, um, arrangements, uh, sorted out. I was very, yeah, Yeah. I was very, I was very particular with it. Um, I mean, I just, I'm just kind of one of those people who hears all these, uh, uh, really small details, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm one of those people.
0: <laughs> man, uh, totally. Yeah, yeah, me too. Man. Yeah. When it comes um, to orchestra and stuff, totally, especially like thematic yeah. film composing, etc. we appreciate those little Easter eggs. Man. Yeah.
1: Like even if it's, even if it's like the quietest, uh, you know, tremolo from strings or, uh, mm-hmm. or just like, uh, quietest, like, you know, double bass sustains or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that all like you know means something to us right um mm-hmm. but yeah it was very i was very particular um with how like you know the arrangements flowed into one or how it complemented uh the band in a way how it sort of transformed uh you know the music into uh you know this uh uh bigger larger than life sound totally. um yeah i especially i especially remember um how uh tricky the intro track was to, uh, arrange, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not, mimesis, it's not, with, yeah, yeah it, it wasn't with, uh, there was no band material on that, but, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I remember, uh, it, like trying to get all those, uh, themes that thematic material into just one long, uh, long piece was, uh, really tricky. <laughs> um, I, man, I, I
0: bet that was that, yeah. that piece like blew my mind. I mean, it came up in the, uh, Podcast with Alex, obviously, but um, mm. if anybody listening that didn't hear that, like, you have the opening track on the Blood of Indigo album called Mimesis, and it was it's about like fourteen minutes or something like that, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. it's basically like an entire orchestral suite to open the record, and like yeah, as you say, like it clearly contains all of that thematic material and all of the kind of nuance and Easter eggs of kind of universe that you've created within that record like there in that track it's so cool man okay i I couldn't believe there was such (laughs) a grandiose orchestral suite like at the top of the record man (laughs) it was wicked
1: yeah yeah i think it was something that we wanted to do because uh i think i think alex talked about this already but um Mm -hmm. you know lots of albums tend to open up with a with a very like short type of intro track Mm -hmm. Um, we basically wanted to do the opposite of that where it sort of opened up with <laughs> all the material at once. And, uh, most people have been calling it a bold move and definitely, uh, but, um, but yeah, um, it comes back to my point, uh, where we're, we were trying to push boundaries. Right. And we sure. were trying to, we were trying to sound like, uh, you know, the, the genre that we were claiming to be in this case, dark fantasy metal. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah that track is is a uh, sort of meant to create like the introduction to like almost like the entire world of uh the dawn of the show world right mm-hmm. um and um and yeah there was there was eventually a point where i was like writing the yeah i was, I was arranging and writing the track and and eventually i needed alex's help to inspire ideas in me because it was uh it was really tricky to pull pull off.
0: Um, that must have been a huge, huge piece of work, man.
1: Yeah. It, wow. um, I think it's, I think it took six months to complete, I believe. Yeah. Um, so it took, it took a while to um, really get those like transitions uh, mm. sorted out. And there were just some times where it was just like, how the hell am I going to make this work? Yeah. <laughs> um, during like some sections I'm just like, oh boy. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but, yeah. but, um, but it, but yeah it came out in the end um and i think uh i think just by really setting something with something and just thinking about uh all the possibilities of what you can do um you you do eventually figure out something yeah there's always an answer to to like uh, a dilemma i guess <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for sure that's if it's just it just takes creativity that's all
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it just takes the creativity at um you know, just uh, just think about the flow of things, and then eventually, um, you come up with something. Very Thanks simple for. saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Sometimes simple is is best. Yeah, yeah really cool, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I I love that record. I've already spoken about that plenty had two blood of indigo members now in the space of a a few episodes so you know um i thought i I think you did an excellent job with that but the age of a thinner album i discovered more recently and Mm -hmm. i've listened to that a few times and man that's like that's an amazing record as well like that's it's it's a kind of whole other thing but like that is like seriously top quality stuff man
1: yeah thanks so much man yeah that was (laughs) a that was a long uh, a long time coming record um, as well, yeah, like uh, like the other projects. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember we uh, you know we working on those songs. Uh, you know, back to my university story. Um, I remember mm-hmm. when uh, we started uh, those uh, those songs uh, back uh, in uh, the uh, in my dorm room. In this case, um, mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think I had like this this keyboard set up in there. Yeah, I did. I had the keyboard set up and uh and I just remember um you know Zach coming in and uh also our uh previous singer at the time, uh, Tamara, we had a previous singer before. Um but we I remember we uh we were just writing those songs and definitely definitely had some uh had some magic to them in ways. Um mm-hmm. uh this was um this was definitely gonna be a more um riff driven type of band um, where mm-hmm. I kind of, uh, I just took the orchestrations back just a bit because um, it didn't, uh, it did quite suit the music. In
0: terms of what we were speaking about, yeah, this one is a bit more of a modern metal sound yeah. that is a little bit more typical to what you'd hear. Not, you know, I mean, in a in a very good way. Like it sounds like a super pro metal band, but like, yeah, yeah. the orc- you're you're you know, the keyboardist and orchestrator, but you're clearly a kind of a part of a band here in this one.
1: Yeah, I'd say it's more about like uh, the simple accompaniment parts and uh, mm-hmm. a bit more about the solos um, in this case. I'd say Oh, that's, yeah,
0: yeah. You do some wicked solos, man. And uh, like the thanks, guitar man. as well. <laughs> that's sweet, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's you know, what's funny. Um, in the, in the video, I don't know if you saw the video. I, I did
0: see the video. Yeah. Yeah. Where you did the key yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. The funny, the,
1: the funniest thing about that is that I kind of just pulled that out for the video. I, I played the solo on this thing. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah yeah. I bet. yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but I did, I did try to attempt playing it live though on the guitar. It sort of worked out, um, played nice. a show a few months ago. Um, cool. And, uh, it was, it was interesting. Uh, uh, challenging myself to try to actually like play what I could do what I was doing in the video. It was it was like, whoa, playing guitars is just a whole nother level. Um it's like learning a new instrument again. Uh wow. but uh cool. I've never but, even
0: played one. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, yeah
1: it's mm. uh it's a very uh it's very interesting, unique instrument. Uh you definitely have to get used to playing more like this. Yeah, the position like
0: this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh and you know it's it's always like sliding like this a lot
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's sometimes it's difficult to play the notes properly <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Um, but
1: yeah um i'd say i'd say the i'd say the album was was more about like uh the simple parts just kind of filling in the space and uh while still having some like type of melodic context um in some cases mm-hmm. um yeah it was more about the solos in that one and the simple coming parts but but yeah that was uh it was a uh, Really fun uh album to make. Um we're um I guess you could say we were very uh particular on, on the songs. Um uh these days, uh uh Zach and I are the main writers. Um so mm-hmm. we uh Zach's the uh,
0: guitarist, right?
1: Zach's uh, the guitarist. Um and so he, most of those are, so those riffs are mostly his. Like he, he writes all the riffs and uh, so the dramas. What I,
0: what I love about that style. That it, that it makes overall is that like it has the heavy modern metal riffs but like he especially in the lead guitars and stuff like it sounds so much like Avenged sevenfold which like i yeah. don't know what people's opinions are or whatever but for me that's like that's awesome because like for me it ends up being like a perfect balance it's kind of like avenge sevenfold mixed with like epica or something and so it's got this like big fat modern symphonic metal sound but then also with this you know very kind of melodic like there's some sort of rock influences in there as well uh, in the guitar playing especially and for me that's just mm. a perfect balance man
1: yeah it's it's funny that you say that because uh Zach's main influences avenge uh sevenfold yeah it makes he sense man there was
0: Certain parts that I just thought, like, yeah. yeah, wow, I can really, really hear that and the harmonized yeah. guitars and stuff. It's really, it's really well done.
1: Yeah, and he, he loves all these other bands, like, uh, um, you know, Asking Alexandria is one of them. Um,
0: yeah, he's, he's kind of bands the, and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's kind of the he's kind of the person who introduced me to this stuff. I wasn't uh, mm-hmm. into metalcore at the time. I was, uh, I guess you could say, I, I didn't like it <laughs> at first. Yeah. I can,
0: I can imagine <laughs> you've come from Nightwish, right? That's, uh, yeah.
1: I was coming from Nightwish, which was a very, very different uh, side of the scope, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the European side of things. And yeah, mm-hmm. like there's, there's like differences in style between like European and American styles, but, um, For sure, but yeah. basically, but basically I was, uh, it was like very new to be in a, I was just, I was just like, hmm, I'll try to get into it. <laughs> I think yeah. at first that was kind of like my attitude, but then,
0: uh, I can imagine, but then yeah. I,
1: but then I, but then I really started to like it because uh, there was just so much going on with uh, the production,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: also, you know, there was uh, sometimes riffs were simple but catchy, and then mm-hmm. there was this great like vocal writing as well. But but there mm-hmm. were also all these like. Uh, post-production elements like suited like like seated like around it and that's what made it interesting Mm -hmm. for me like interesting to me you know for example like asking Alexandria is the black was probably um, I'd say the first metalcore record I really really liked Um, Mm -hmm. and you know that's that's kind of because producer Joey Sturgis was on it Um, uh, he produced the record Um, I just love uh, all his work Um, I just love the way he Thinks about prose production and uh mm-hmm. you know making sound effects around everything, making you know the vocals sound solid and drums yeah, sound I solid and everything. It, yeah.
0: He had a huge influence on on modern metal production. There's no doubt about that. Joey Sturgeon. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, that's uh and you know, that's kind of how I discovered uh, you know, I think uh you know, things like nail the mix and,
0: uh, right, you know, People yeah, like yeah.
1: Joel on a second. Um, I actually figured out, uh, about Joey Sturgis from, uh, our, uh, producer for Age of Athena, uh, Sean Dowell. Sean Dowell. <laughs> And, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, we figured I might, I might as well get into that story before I get into what I'm about to talk about. But, um,
0: uh-huh.
1: yeah, so we, we met Sean through, uh, through Lucas, uh, from Solaris cause, uh, Sean was, uh, doing, uh, Lucas's uh, album albums um, and he's like done them ever since he started the project um, and we were just such a big fan of like the massive sound that he was getting and mm-hmm. we were just like oh we want that sound too so um, so we brought him on to uh, mix uh, mix our first record for Asia Athena and, mm-hmm. um, and um, that was kind of like my <laughs> first experience like you mm-hmm. know learning like lots of things like, okay, this is how production was on. That was like my first exposure to like, okay, this is how you record an album and uh, this is how you do it. And, um, you know, uh, and uh, yeah, Sean's a big influence to me because, you know, he's taught Mm -hmm. me like so many things, but from me, like just observing what he does and um, yeah. Fantastic producer, by the way, you should check out his band Borealis. (laughs) Fantastic.
0: I will, man, because I I did want to ask you about the production of that record because I I could tell that it was different you know like it's a different kind of style obviously but it's really well produced i mean it sounds sounds absolutely fantastic that record
1: yeah like um i just love the way he um gets he's able to he's able to fit stuff in but he he makes it like sound really big it's i think Mm. i think it was really uh his drum and guitar sounds that were selling us um yeah yeah, to want to work with them because uh he was just able to get them so like big so upfront and we were just mm. and we were just like uh that's that's not an easy thing to do um mm. uh, it's uh and it's no, just,
0: it's, it's just it, so impressive it's, it's not easy like i was I was yeah listening to that record multiple moments thinking, wow, there's a lot going on now, and it's still really well balanced and somehow everything is clear like i was, there were certain sections and certain songs where I was thinking like yeah, I would, I would definitely be really struggling <laughs> at this point, but somehow it's all held together really well, man. So yeah, he, he did a killer, yeah. killer job.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we were really happy with, uh, with how it came out at the end. And, uh, we were just glad it came out like really solid and people are just enjoying it. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, like Sean was, uh, you know, I think the person to tell me about, uh, I believe Joey Sturgis. Yeah, he was, uh, mm-hmm. he was the person to tell me about Joey Sturgis. And I think, uh, I think uh Zach was talking about him too. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, J- but yeah, Joey Sturgis is a lot is definitely responsible for kind of that wave of uh, uh metalcore bands in a way. And, yeah. you know, he also has his uh he also has his own plugin company which I use uh I use multiple uh plugins of his um mm-hmm. and
0: I don't have I, any of them but they seem fantastic.
1: Yeah, they're they're designed in a way where um uh they're like it, let's say if you don't necessarily understand uh, how compression works, mm-hmm. um, they have a plugin that kind of you can kind of just use easily, and it compresses uh, yeah. things for you. Like let's say a slider um, that kind of looks like um, the L1 plugin uh, from mm-hmm. Waves, for example. Um, you
0: yeah, you can yeah, spray yeah, yeah. that down, and it yeah. just like uh, yeah. Man, I I got you gotta love stuff like that, man. I mean, (laughs) again, whatever people's opinions are, but like people like you and I, we're creators, right? And we get into it, yeah, and we just want to make a good sounding thing, you know. And and so, I I use the L1 plugin, and um, waves also have the um, just the is it like R compressor or something, which is literally just like a signal chain like that, just a slider, basically, just like,
1: yeah, I really like uh. Yeah, and I I really like plugins like that because you're you're more in creative mode than uh, technical yeah. mode, and that's mm-hmm. uh it's kind of what we you know strive for, right? Um, especially if you're especially if you're kind of the one doing the writing as well as the mixing. Um, yeah, sometimes you just don't want to think about it at all. Um, not uh,
0: really. Yeah. So
1: um, so like um, that's kind of and that's kind of how uh um I was starting off Haven Dream as well. I was just using. Very simple plugins. I didn't even understand how uh the logic compressors worked. Like I, yeah. I had no idea. No idea. The same. I, I
0: started exactly the same, man. I totally got you.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I just I just found uh you know the Joey Sturgis plugins so appealing mm. that I, you know, I eventually, you know, I got like gain reduction, which is a great vocal plugin, very aggressive. Um gets you a great sound in like two seconds. <laughs> um yeah.
0: that's then, what I man.
1: And then there's like uh you know, Joel Wanasek bus glue mix or something like that, which has Mm. has like Shadow Hills uh transformers on it. That's a compressor by the way. Um and and then it also has like built-in like uh magical width almost I'm gonna call it magical width, why not?
0: Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah, yeah. And (laughs) and you
1: literally just pull down faders like L1 and you just compress it and then adjust your level and you're done. You're not, you're not thinking about like attack and release times, right? You're just yeah. thinking about, you know, okay, my mix is compressed and, and uh, you're done. And that's kind of, that's kind of how like, you know, Joey Surge's tone, is like marketed is, uh, mm. you know, it's like, okay, let us handle technical stuff. You be creative. And that's why I really like their vision. It's great.
0: Oh uh, man, hundred percent. I'm, I'm all for that as well. And to be honest, I think that that's the direction more and more as well, like all oh, the technology gets better. And I, I totally understand, obviously, there's going to be people that have been producing for many, many years or even produced analog that might be snobby <laughs> about this approach, mm. which I could understand, you know. But yeah. ultimately, technology is meant to make our lives easy, right? And so the more it can just, you know, supplement the creativity, the better. And I don't know about you as well, probably from what you're saying, it'd be the case, but. I kind of will do... I will sort of mix as I go when I'm mm-hmm. producing or even writing. Not yeah. really necessarily like a proper mix, but these kind of plugins, as you say, that you can kind of throw in, throw on, and that's going to just kind of do the compression for you. Um, yeah, I kind of do all of that stuff as I go. As, as I'm as I'm um, making a piece or even writing, even a demo I'll have, and therefore by the time I complete a demo, it's kind of already roughly mixed and then it's just kind of a case of like going back maybe redoing some parts of needs be and then sort of tweaking the mix to finish it
1: yeah yeah mixing as you go is pretty common these days um it's Mm. uh it's definitely a time saver that's for sure um Mm -hmm. uh, and uh yeah you're you're kind of like uh, how would i describe it you're creating your creating your vision as you go. Um, yeah, I've always been, the I've always been the type of person, uh, like yourself. Um, you know, I kind of want to hear more of a polished sound when I'm writing, when I, mm. when I'm writing and, and also Zach's a huge believer in this too. Like he has, that's uh, cool. he has like, uh, uh, he has like this template that he uses where basically, okay, it's entirely mixed already. Um, nice. And uh, it just sounds mostly aggressive, so he just uses uh, uh, that when he's writing stuff, and it, it just mm-hmm. sounds great right out of the box. Um, but um, but yeah, when I'm like writing songs, like let's say for uh, Haven Dream, for example, uh, and I'm writing the, um, I'm actually I actually already have a lot of song ideas for the next album, even though this first one's nice. not released already. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, it's been
0: just just to know. quickly check, you've basically you've got an album for Haven Dream. You've released two singles, but you've got an album pretty much ready. That's going to be released. It's yet to be released basically.
1: Like instrumentally it's, uh, it's all ready. We're just, okay. uh, we're just Got recording, the uh, the last of the, of the vocals. There's uh, cool. not too many things left, but, um,
0: that's cool. All right. Sorry okay. to interrupt. I just wanted to put context. To that. No, that's okay. That's <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, hoping, hoping to have it out by next year. Hoping, uh, nice, but, uh, but yeah I think it'll, that'll probably be a good time to release it, but yeah, mm. again, We'll see. I mean, uh, people are on their busy schedules, of course. So, um, of
0: course, man. Yeah. So we'll
1: see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But um,
0: a lot of logistics. But uh, but, but so yeah, when uh, when you're in the process of composing, then for, for Haven Dream, you were you were talking about like the production.
1: Yeah, like uh, how would I how I would approach it? Um, at least when I at least when I started, I would just be like writing all the ideas and Logic. So I use Logic. Um, I think it's the most versatile doll when it comes to writing, at least in Mm -hmm. my opinion, Um, I'm able to just um, have things set up very easily and just uh, uh, do the arrangement uh, with all the drums, uh, bass, even guitars. um, And I can just uh, put everything there and balance everything the way I want it. Um, So I don't have to, I don't even have to, pull out something like, let's say uh Sibelius, for example, I don't have to, mm-hmm. I don't have to write the score in there. I can just do it in logic. Um, and so, I'll just have, yeah.
0: Sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to ask. So <laughs> when, when you're, do you score with like, okay, you don't use Sibelius, but are you scoring like on musical notation or through the MIDI?
1: So, um, I do. I do use Sibelius. Um, like sometimes if I'm, let's say if I'm writing like a classical piece of music, I'll, I'll lean more towards uh, that. Like, So that's a stri-
0: musical uh, notation software just for anybody that doesn't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's musical notation software. Um, and <clears throat> if I'm just writing like, uh, let's say strictly a piano piece um, or if I'm writing, uh, let's see, Maybe maybe something that's not going to be in metal lane. Uh, sometimes I'll just use Sibelius, but um, yeah. Finally enough, a lot of the time I just use Logic to write things. Um, mm-hmm. and I'll and I'll definitely use Logic to record piano ideas I have, for example, mm. or or if I'm just going to program orchestrations or write the orchestrations. Lots of like ninety nine percent of the time I'll just uh, do it in Logic using the MIDI function because it's uh, yeah. Because it actually it just saves you twice the time, totally so you're not, yeah, so you're too. not, you're, yeah, you're not having to export MIDI out of uh, out of Sibelius into into Logic because uh, that's probably going to cause a few headaches. I mean, at least uh, in my experience, when I've tried mm-hmm. it, um, but
0: so, see, I wasn't sure if there was an, a way to have a quicker workflow where it's sort of integrated. I don't, I don't know how people manage these things, but for me, like, yeah, I've just played straight into the MIDI basically because it yeah. just makes life easier yeah or
1: like uh or like having a having a template set up t- templates um i was i was saying how zach has one earlier um yeah so i have i have a few for like multiple things uh one for let's say if i'm mixing another band i'll open that one and i'll just nice. start from there um if it's just like simple uh i just want to play some piano i have one for that and i'll just open cool. that up okay i have piano with reverb i don't want to do anything
0: uh, nice, yeah.
1: um, and then, uh, I don't know with Haven dream, it's a little different. I kind of build things a little bit from scratch, but it is roughly based off of, uh, the mixed templates that I've kind of, uh, created, mm-hmm. um, a little different though, but, but basically it kind of comes back to this concept, uh, of where like, I'm just, r- uh, writing and mixing at the same time as I go. And, uh, yeah. you know, finally enough for this, like, uh, second album i'm just using program guitars at the moment i'm uh, right yeah. i'm just like writing all the guitars in the midi mm-hmm. uh midi space and you know writing the parts that way and i'll probably just have a uh, you know someone uh read the parts later and record that but um mm-hmm. but yeah like um you know the midi function in logic is uh like very very useful and um mm-hmm. uh to be honest, since the beginning that's uh kind of what i've used to write all my material um is just that (laughs) yeah midi's Mm -hmm. been a huge part of my workflow um where i can just input all the notes uh i can also see the arrangement quite well too it's kind of like looking at a score but um
0: yeah totally man yeah Yeah. i think it's it's kind of a new way is like yeah by no means you blind doing it like you can actually have all the MIDI of all of the instruments up in front of you even and, and see the whole orchestral yeah. arrangement or whatever like that. Yeah
1: and you can also like see like individual parts you can see a few parts or you can see the entire thing if you want. Um, yeah. It's just MIDI but, but yeah it's it's just a very helpful feature and it makes things uh, a lot faster but, but yeah mm. coming back to coming back to like uh, you know mixing and writing at the same time. Mm. Uh, that's uh that's kind of how I work these days it's mm-hmm. uh it's like having uh it's like you know yes I set things up but um if I it's almost it's almost like um it's like having two different personalities almost <laughs> okay I know this is not, this sounds funny but uh, uh-huh. I'll explain uh yeah on cool. personality is like uh for uh writing it's like mm-hmm. okay I'm I'm feeling like writing I'm not gonna Gonna mix. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna write. But then then eventually while I'm writing, I'll be like, okay, I don't want to write now. I just want to mix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like uh it's almost like these two personalities work uh work together mm-hmm. almost. Um or mm-hmm, like uh good. two two sides of me, I guess if you wanna think of it that way.
0: Yeah. Um, kind of yeah. back to the sort of like wearing hats and things like that. But I think it's, it's a good part of the process. Like, cause you'll have like a creative surge where you just want to make a load of stuff and then you kind of get to enjoy it and sit and just like make it sound better. <laughs> so yeah. that's cool.
1: Yeah. And, um, it's nice. Like, it's nice like when you're like building things up instead of sometimes splitting the phases, if that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. it, I don't know. There's something satisfying about it. Um, Yeah, you're just able to hear your music in that in that like more uh, polished format. That just it just inspires you more
0: to want to keep writing. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's a good positive feedback kind of uh, positive feedback loop. You know, in 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 that way, I actually feel like that's the most enjoyable time to listen to your own music (laughs) at least for me like it's sounding really good and you're kind of in the heat of the moment of like creating something and you really like it and you're feeling inspired and then you're making it sound better and better yeah that's like the best bit yeah
1: yeah it's always yeah it's always fun like you know hearing your music that way and
0: uh yeah
1: you know getting you know inspired saying like oh i did this and uh you know, I feel proud of myself right um yeah yeah and um and you know with um you know with the uh, advancements in uh technology it's you know never been easier you know you can uh mm-hmm. you can do all these like things kind of at once um that's sort of what it's become these days is um mm-hmm. you know you know back to the concept of the multiple hats right um you know you, you sort of wear all those hats and uh you know in, in front of the computer you're wearing all those hats and just I don't know it like especially especially if you're you know a writer sometimes sometimes that's how you go down the production road right and mm-hmm. you're like uh, most most writers do come become uh, producers and sometimes mixers
0: yeah and more and more so yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah I think that's good and I think the technology will only make life easier for us in this kind of direction to like you're saying about joe sturgis plugins or ones that i use as well similar approach you know it's only going to get easier i mean don't want to get too uh dystopian here as well but you know you see like the development of ai technology and i mean how that's going to (laughs) transform production stuff i have no idea that's that's kind of crazy it's going to be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah sometimes. That, sorry. Yeah. So I don't know if you heard it yet, but the other day I came across something which was like AI generated gent, and it was just oh. like a loop, <laughs> like an infinite loop of, of gent. It basically sounded like pretty, pretty good, like well produced generic gent music, and the rhythms yeah. were all just being like automatically generated as it went. <laughs> like it was mental, man.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. 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 It just that just sounds crazy. Yeah. Um uh, it's kind of yeah, it's it's kind of crazy where uh you know technology is headed these days. I mean, I'm not mm. I'm not super into AI stuff myself, yeah. but um but it is it is cool in a way. Like um like uh let's say for example, um there's sometimes like a few uh there's a few like mastering services out there where you can basically mm. master uh you know. song on a website or something and it like reads your song does it for you um
0: i'm not i'm not
1: yeah i'm not really into that but uh Mm -hmm. but i will say it is like very cool for people who don't necessarily understand how to it's better than nothing yeah it's like better it's better than nothing right like yeah
0: um,
1: and you know um it's uh it's just cool to have another possibility right Um, Mm -hmm. like i was saying before there's no Right or
0: wrong, right <laughs> yeah. exactly man exactly i I think that 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 uh territory of how far technology will go is is a very weird <laughs> topic. but yeah. I do think that ultimately it will be good in this way that like basically it's all just like the tools get better and better, but you know we'll always still need people to do the creation, right so. I just think that yeah the way that things are going will probably get to a point where like you'll be able to produce and the song will basically just like mix itself somehow <laughs> but like obviously yeah. you'd still have to like communicate how you want it to sound and that would somehow work but yeah <laughs> yeah as i say we're in t- we're in we're getting into weird territory here so <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's always interesting to see where the you know future is going um Yeah. Like there's, I guess it's, I guess it's really, I'm just seeing it as another possibility. um, Mm -hmm. I guess in this case, but um, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it.
0: (laughs) I'm with you. I I think that we have a similar approach and I'm, I'm kind of glad to hear you say it all as well, Mm -hmm. because I didn't really know if I had a, if what I was doing was right necessarily, you know, I was just, it's just, how I've gotten the flow of doing it and as you say it makes sense that that's kind of what a lot of people are doing sort of mixing and producing kind of all in one and writing uh just kind of it just becomes an all encompassing creative process and yeah that's that, that that's cool um i was going to i was going to say something about that actually uh um that that was it i don't know about you as well but one thing that I actually learned in regards to that is when I first started mixing, I over th- i was overthinking everything. Like I said, okay, I thought, all right, I have to learn how to mix. So I watched like millions of YouTube videos or whatever of how mm. to mix and whatever. And so I kind of had it in my head that like, okay, well, I need to use compressors and EQs and etc. So I spent so much time mixing projects. And doing things that like I thought that I was supposed to do, and often just like <laughs> making an absolute mess, or making totally mad mixes or things that sounded ridiculous, um, I think that what I came down to, and what would probably be my actual number one advice, I think, to anybody doing that, is like it's kind of simple, but like just follow your ears, right? It's kind of about yeah. what sounds good like you should just kind of trust that <laughs> and and i think that that kind of ties into this creative process like if you're writing and you and you're creating a piece then you're just thinking like how can i make this sound better you know well maybe if i do a bit of this and not lift it there yeah. and, and then you just build the kind of you build the whole thing up as you go basically and then and then yeah at the end you're kind of like okay now i'm just going to focus on sort of tweaking it but like yeah Yeah. you don't need to overthink it too much
1: (laughs) yeah i can definitely say that i've also been down that same rabbit hole you have like with uh with like a million um watching a million tutorials um Mm -hmm. uh, trying to figure out what does this mean what does that mean um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah there there are even still sometimes to this day where um, I'm still like overthinking it.
0: Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I'll, me too, man. <laughs>
1: like I'll, uh, like I'll question uh, whether you know, like uh, let's say this mix I'd, I'm doing for this one band. Uh, like I'll still even question if that sounds still is like you know up to that quality that I'm looking for. I'll still question it. Um, I think a a lot of it has to do with referencing other mixes. Um, That's definitely where a lot of the overthinking comes from is that Mm. you hear somebody else's work and you know, yours doesn't stack up to it as much. And you're just like, oh, it's not there yet. It's still not there yet. (laughs) Like um, I do, I still do. I still do a lot of uh, referencing these Mm. days um, because it just uh, it just helps me to sort of hear like, okay, where's like my low end at? Um, mostly mm-hmm. for low end um, that's probably the hardest part of your mix to get correct. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do a lot of like car tests um, to make sure it sounds good in the car. Um, Cause I mm-hmm. don't, as you can see in this room, um, this is where I mix. Um, I don't, I don't have any treatment around me. So I basically right. can't uh, hear any low end properly. So I'd have to use these or just go in the car, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's I'd say my ears have just adjusted enough where, I'm able to hear things relatively well. I just use That's, my ears. Like, it, yeah. yeah, it comes back to your argument where like, you know, just use your ears, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly, yeah. Sometimes our brains can get too involved, but like, yeah, ultimately does it sound good? And as you say, referencing is definitely good for that because, yeah, you listen to other people's music and, you know, the thing is like, it's definitely more about getting in the ballpark, right? I think the thing with referencing is, As you say, like, where, like, how much low end do I have in my track, you know, in the overall balance compared to this professional track, as opposed to, like, here's my production. Now I listen to some amazing, (laughs) high budget, you know, uh, major label production, and now I just want (laughs) to (laughs) cry. Yeah. Uh, We've all been there for sure, man. (laughs) But yeah, it's definitely more just about that ballpark, you know, getting the kind of sonic balance there.
1: Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes at the end of the day, um, you have to like stop comparing your mix to other mixes and say like, this is like unique in itself. Right. Or,
0: which is a good thing as well, you know, because that is the thing. And people actually comment about that a lot, whether it's producers or even completely outside of production, especially in metal, like a lot of stuff is sounding the same right because because there are there it's kind of become defined a modern metal sound with massive drums and these kind of guitar sounds so everyone's sort of doing it and therefore Mm. at that point it does actually become cool to just have a more unique production that's yours you know
1: yeah yeah like uh like i definitely like i definitely liked uh you know the way you mixed uh your arcane muse song um, that was oh, thanks, uh, yeah that was like really cool how things were balanced and i could like hear um you could you could hear like a lot of the things uh that were going on you know, you could hear your guitar parts your orchestral parts um um you could hear the vocals well yeah yeah i like when i like when mixes are are kind of like a little more unique in a way um you know they 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 still like kind of have like a standard or like adhering to a standard a bit but like uh
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah i like when i like when stuff is new and fresh i think that's I think that's why a lot i like a lot of uh ambient music ambient music is great um cool. uh, there's always like some uh uh cool new things to hear in those ones um uh yes. like cryo Chambers, a great channel they have like ambient music um it's completely ambient cool. music
0: um Nice. Yeah. That's that's cool. I, I I like ambient music too. That that's that's an interesting topic because it's kind of a whole other thing. But so yeah. on that like you go to a YouTube channel and I know that I know there's quite a lot of big YouTube channels that and they kind of what like they give you a vibe, right? And then how, how do you navigate looking for ambient music?
1: Um that's a very good question. <laughs> Probably a hard question to answer. I think Yeah, uh, sorry.
0: Yeah. This is just like, yeah, I don't know. That's a, okay. uh yeah. out of uh left of field kind of subject. I think it's
1: <laughs> I think I just randomly come across it. Um mm. I'd say I'd say that channel uh crowd chamber is definitely a one that I keep coming back to because I just like but I'm hearing from mm. all the artists that put their stuff up on there. Mm. Um but um yeah, I mean. I usually i just find things by uh sometimes it's from random youtube recommendations uh mm. or like if people are you know uh you know doing ads with their music or something yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes it'll pop up in my feed if it's like targeted towards people like myself um, i'll find it that way
0: nice. um but so uh do you, you listen to a lot yeah. of ambient music would you say then
1: Um, every, every now and then I will, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a ton these days, but I just have, I just have a very, I want to say very good relationship with ambient music. I don't, I don't write a lot of it, but a lot of it is a very huge influence on uh, my music uh, because, uh, because I just like, um, I just kind of like the feelings that it, uh, that it evokes in me kind of yeah. feels like a uh, real life uh, sounds when you're when you're walking like yeah, nature. going on a walk yeah, yeah. yeah going on a walk through nature um i just oh, love that's... uh incorporating the sounds into into my music like creating a soundscape creating yeah. a movie um yeah. just creating a scene like i'm not like I, I really like uh when it's more than just about the song like there's more mm. elements involved like you're creating a scenery um so it was kind of a actually I have a perfect example for that. Um, so mm-hmm. the track, uh, Jade and her quiet place.
0: Right. Um, from lot from, of vinegar. Yeah. From yeah. Blood of yeah.
1: So, so that's where, um, a lot of that influence, uh, was driven into, mm. um, cause not only do you just hear piano, you also hear, uh, water and nature sounds around it. Mm-hmm. And, right. Nice. Um, and so I like, I played around with the, uh, I just got out some sounds that I like and I, was panning them like back mm. and forth uh around like uh in this case me the player so it kind of sounded like I was playing in some type of magical forest almost.
0: Yeah, or yeah like yeah.
1: or like I'm playing in the middle of like a river on a rock or something. I don't know. Yeah. But um but essentially um that was Rubble. kind of my goal with that track. Um it so it was uh it's so like first it was born out of uh an improvisation I was just playing around with uh mm when I was in a, you know, still in school at the time. And then I said, okay, how am I going to record this? I kind of wanted some of that authentic, authentic feel. So mm. I decided to use the, uh, our piano at home, which is basically an a hundred year old, uh, Heinzman piano. Wow. Uh, I think nice. it's a hundred years old. At last, my parents told me. Uh, <laughs> wow. So you liked uh, it up. Yeah, I and the funniest part is that I actually use this mic right here. I only use this nice. one mic. Um, usually, you're supposed to. I mean, if you want your piano and stereo, you need you need two mics, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. One mic just seemed to work, so I wanted more of the top keys. Stick so some of it. that
0: uh, magic uh, widening on there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's essentially what happens. So, <laughs> yeah. so I so yeah, I put the mic on the on the right side of the piano, so I captured all the top strings. Um, I wanted more of that besides the lower ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just, uh, did a few takes of it, calmed them together. Right. And then, um, and then like, obviously when the piece was already written, ready to go. Right. Um, and then, uh, and then from there, like once I had a, once I had a solid, uh, recording of what I wanted, um, I mean, I was still editing it while I did the sound effects and everything, but, but then I started to pull out the sound effects cause I was just like, okay, instead of this just being a normal piano track that someone would hear on a record, how can I make this more unique or special? Mm-hmm. Cause, um, cause I, don't, I don't know, for me, like if you just, if it's just a piano track, I mean, people have heard that so many times. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so like how can we sort of make it stand out a little more? And I said, okay, sound effects will probably make it stand out more. So, um, so I pulled out some water sounds, uh, some nature sounds I don't know what else there was thunder. Maybe I can't remember, but, uh, Mm -hmm. but I, you know, I took those, I sort of printed them a little bit and uh, then I, you know, use like pan automation. while while listening to the track, by the way, Um, another topic Mm -hmm. I love getting into is automation. I'm very passionate about it. (laughs)
0: Nice.
1: Um, So I, I kind of made the sounds like crescendo and, crescendo with the piano mm. um, so so whenever wow. the piano was climaxing the sounds would go up and then if it was kind of like softening the sounds would go down and I would nice. and I would literally just play the track and like using my mouse while I was listening I would just automate it up and then down and up and down and and that just that just gave it a lot more life to me instead of the uh, sounds just staying at like a consistent yeah, yeah, level yeah. But,
0: but yeah so and then also just- Sorry, yeah. just to ask about your automation yeah. process. Then you're you're doing it with your mouse. Like, yeah. h- how does that how does that work in exactly? So you're just. I, I I've actually never used Logic before as well, mm. but um, like for me, I'm I'm literally like I've got the line underneath, and I'm often end up in post, like just manually clicking like all of the kind of rides mm. that I want. But you're able, yeah. you're you're actually like riding it with what, with the scroll on the mouse or something.
1: Yeah. Like I'm writing the, I'm basically writing the fader with uh with the mouse um, cool. and I'm doing it while the, while the track is playing. Yeah. I yeah. find like, this is a very that's musical.
0: Traditional way, right?
1: Yeah. That was kind of like the traditional way of
0: uh on the console of, uh, you'd be writing it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not as heard as much of these days and that's, it's kind of why yeah. I wanted to, Wanted to bring it back because uh, mm-hmm. you know um you don't really hear people talk about it you kind of hear people talking about it in a vocal production because uh, you're trying to mm-hmm. hear like all the words um I do a lot of that in vocals but um
0: mm-hmm.
1: but yeah especially with sound effects it's very helpful because uh, yeah you know, you're giving you're giving the sounds like life again you're not just you're not just having them sit at one level the whole time
0: mm-hmm. um
1: and you're also you can also I also pan things with the mouse in real time like uh, mm-hmm. and then I uh, write that. Um, so like with touch mode on, I just write nice. the pan automation by just moving the mouse while the track is playing. And if that cool. sounds musical to me, then I keep it. And then if I want to, you know, revise some things about that automation, I just go back and tweak it. Nice. But um, but yeah, that's that's kind of my process. I mean, I do I mean, um, I do the same things with uh, you know, orchestral programming. I mean, um, um uh do you do a lot mm. of it yourself? <laughs>
0: I I do but that's why I'm interested in um you talking about like getting yeah, live mode like because because I've been doing really everything just uh manually clicking in in post but I am interested in that like I just haven't had really a suitable tool or I actually probably do somewhere but I haven't got into that thing of um manually writing it but I would like to and it's interesting that you do it with the mouse like I didn't actually even think about <laughs> just doing that with the mouse yeah i
1: think it's uh i th- it's like a it's like a feature that's i don't know if it's exclu- it's uh exclusive to logic um mm-hmm. most of the times i won't even use the the fader window to do this i'll just use the mm-hmm. the trim feature on the on the left side which is like uh it's like it's like a thing where you can click it and pull up or down like mm-hmm. uh all your moves like just by like a db let's say if there's like a ton of automation there you can just Pull it all the way down or up so i do mm-hmm. that i do that a mm-hmm. lot but like you can also use it to write automation moves which is surprising it's it's something i just stumbled upon uh i happened to stumble upon and i just started using it i'm just like um this is just better than opening another window and doing it
0: yeah <laughs> but, yeah um, cool
1: but yeah i don't know i guess it's like a weird thing that i just got used to and uh just yeah, worked for like me that. but um but yeah you you probably have to see it in action on youtube to know what i'm talking about but um, I, th- I
0: i i know what you're, what you're talking about to some degree yeah um yeah like yeah. as i say it's kind of like based off of that traditional method on the console right where you're just yeah. pulling up the fader to turn the vocal up or whatever so yeah it's cool yeah
1: and i've always i've always liked uh mixes like that where you're not you're not just kind of setting and forgetting a level you know you have a mm. uh, you have things kind of changing in level over time, and uh, mm-hmm. that to me is what makes a mix, mix sort of lively.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think I think that it has to be done to some degree. Like if you're not, then if it's not, then you're, then it's missing a trick for sure. Like yeah. I mean, in my door, I just like yeah, basically create track envelopes. I think kind of like what you're doing to some degree, and then I can have like the volume automation under that track,
1: mm, right?
0: And then, but as I say, like, I'm not like riding it in live mode or whatever. I will literally go mm. to say the guitar and I'll click dots, you know, where it's going to lift up into the chorus or yeah. DB or whatever. And and then, yeah, obviously mm. get more detailed and nuanced with certain tracks and things like that.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I actually did it the way that you were doing it, uh, first, um, right. uh, yeah, where it was just, uh, it was just clicking. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you would, put all these points here and there and uh, that's exactly, how you yeah. kind of get your dynamics. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess maybe the whole writing thing is for faster workflow, if that makes sense. Um, yeah.
0: That's, that's, that's yeah. what I think is, but it's faster. And, and as you kind of say as well, perhaps more musical, you know, because you're kind of yeah. more feeling the music as you do it.
1: Yeah. It's like, um, it's going to sound weird, but, uh, you're feeling the music with your mouse. It's, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, funny saying. Yeah. I know. Just came up that with it but cool. um yeah. But yeah you're um but it's almost like you know you're you're holding your mouse you're just like you're moving it but but you know you're not you're not really looking at the screen almost you're like yeah. you're yeah, like yeah. feeling mm-hmm. you're feeling what you're healing keep <laughs> Oh my goodness. My words my words today uh you're you're feeling uh what you're hearing in this yeah. case um it's not it's not about all the points on the on like uh in the daw in this case it's
0: yeah you know, you're exactly. actually
1: you're actually feeling it like you know oh that like that writing just gave me a feeling right mm-hmm. but yeah that's um that's uh that's why i like using it um and even just the even just the manual like select and bring up and down I like doing that a lot too like um mm-hmm. like our I can I can safely say that the blood of Inigo album would not sound the same if we didn't do that
0: yeah, <laughs> um, yeah because yeah.
1: Uh, there's just so many parts that uh you want to hear louder in certain sections and parts you want to hear softer in certain yeah.
0: sections um, well th- this is the this is the balancing act isn't it of what we spoke about where you want to push the orchestra a lot. It's great, but the one thing that you're gonna potentially sacrifice is the kind of heaviness of having big yeah. drums and guitars. And Blood of Indigo is pretty heavy, so you kind of gotta you've got to have that balance and that you know momentum where it's pushing. Yeah, I definitely heard that like some parts where the orchestra just absolutely like flies out and then kind of pulls back yeah. in, which is really nice.
1: Yeah, kind of like in our. In our track, Angelus uh, is a good example of where I,
0: that was the um, I was I was literally hearing it like in my head, Angelus, yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah like um, you know, first you have like a riff uh, driven verse right before the chorus, right, and there's a uh, very little orchestra there; it's very sparse. Um, I actually have a mm-hmm. video on our channel explaining this, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but basically, you know, orchestra takes backseat for that uh, part where it's all about the riff and the vocals. Um, mm-hmm. and then suddenly you just get a swell of orchestral grandeur right into the chorus and like the yeah. guitars immediately take the backseat cause they're just, uh, they're just playing, uh, sustained chords. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, it's, uh, cool. it's, yeah, it's always, it's always fun playing around with these balances and I find like these like small balance changes, uh, have yeah. a lot more like life, uh, at least in my case.
0: Totally, man. I, th- I think also another one that's a good trick is that if you like really push something, even quite briefly, like into a new section or whatever, it is even if you like push it up and then pull it back because it's drawn your attention to it, it kind of has that effect of it being louder. You know, mm-hmm. for instance, like there's a break where the bass does something and then you push the bass really loud and hear the brr, 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 and then everything else comes in it kind of feels like that big bass is still there, even if it's dropped out just because of where it's been pushed and you kind of, your attention has been drawn to it in that way, which is a cool trick. I think.
1: Yeah. Just adds a lot to mixes in my opinion, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, it's always fun to play around with. I remember, um, I remember once, once we got the, the general balances kind of, you know, you know, Mario had his, uh, you know, guitar tones uh, sorted out, his drums tones. Don't mm-hmm. sort it out. Um, and, you know, once we had like, well, obviously EQ and compression limiting and all that stuff, that's very important to do first, of course. Um, uh, before you try doing that. But um, mm. but but yeah, after yeah, the writing that, is
0: kind of the end. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, you do obviously you do the you know, the writing and arrangement comes uh always first before the mix, um, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Always. Yeah, um, yeah. and then uh and then uh and then obviously I uh, sent up like an orchestral stem. Yeah, it's funny for for this record. I just wanted to keep things simple, so I only gave them one orchestral stem of the entire uh, orchestra. There was orchestra, no like, yeah, yeah. yeah, there was no separated tracks. Um, man, I think,
0: sometimes it's just too much. They can get so big those orchestral projects, man. Yeah, I like, think my computer I think, will be like dying yeah. towards the end of a mix if yeah. I like, don't sum it. <laughs> Yeah. I think,
1: I think large of it was large part of it was that I just wanted to keep things simple when we were dealing with it, because like, Mm -hmm. you know, all the balances were printed in there. Like you didn't really have to change them or anything. You just had to either turn the orchestra up or down. And that was pretty much all we needed. At least I thought. And then, and then I also like produced the the vocals along with like, you know, the orchestral uh, session. I just kept them in the same session and everything. And, uh, Mm. And, uh, yeah, and like sometimes when the vocals got to the final mix part, like they already had all the compression on them, all the effects on them. And, uh, and yeah, we just didn't have to think about it. It was like, um, does it need to be louder or softer? And that was it. It was, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it made the mixing process fun. I like when the mixing process is fun.
0: Yeah. Nice. (laughs) And so, uh, do you, did you mix the Blood of Indigo album or that's like you and Mario or?
1: It was both, uh, both me and Mario. Yeah. Cool. Both of us, Yeah. So, um, cool. you know, Mario had certain tones that he wanted for his guitars and drums mm. and everything. Um, and then I had my own, uh, my own tones that
0: I wanted for, well, you basically or, produced the orchestra into a, into a track. Yeah. Which I produced a uh, production.
1: Yeah. I produced, uh, my main job was, uh, kind of like editing the, you know, guitars, uh, and bass to make sure it was all in time.
0: Mm. Uh, Oh, the quantizing and, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Or time alignment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah just making yeah. sure everything was tight so that way it sounded <laughs> professional. And then, mm-hmm. uh, and then, uh, I was also in charge of, uh, making sure the orchestra was solid and, and then that was good to go. And then, and then also the vocals too. So I edited the, the vocals and
0: mm-hmm. added
1: all the, Um, compression and effects to them before it made its way into the vinyl mix. Um, right, but yeah, I was, I was kind of like the whole like concept again, like mixing as you go, right? Yeah, you kind of,
0: yeah, all in one.
1: And then when you get to the the final mix part, you're just, you just have everything there already. Um, and, and I was mixing that to a demo track, which was surprising because, I thought like, okay is this going to work in the final mix and surprisingly it did so um it just mm. it just fitted well and it was like okay great We don't have to worry about it
0: <laughs> cool
1: yeah fun process
0: cool man yeah yeah that that that's really nice so um I, I was interested just because we we went on a little bit of a diversion but uh before we start talking about the automation stuff we were talking about um like ambient music and the soundscapes and things and was there more that you wanted to discuss there because i kind of cut you off into into this mm.
1: yeah yeah sure um i'd say it's mostly apparent uh there's definitely some parts on like blood of indigo that uh mm. the ambient uh sounds uh come out a bit like i uh, mean
0: you said about mimesis like the intro track how like this is dark fantasy metal so it is it has yeah. that cinematic soundtrack quality to, to the music. Right. So therefore this is, important. yeah.
1: Yeah. So there were a few moments in uh, mimesis where like there was a few sound effects. Cause I wanted to kind of create the atmosphere. Um, so for example, uh, when we uh when, when I was doing the intro, I was like, okay, how can I start this off? Um, I think I added like some rain sounds, I believe, or thunder sounds. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and then I took uh, I took uh, Lindsay's melody and kind of put it at the beginning there in like form of uh, of, like bells or something like that. Bells, mm-hmm. yeah, bells. Uh, and that kind of just sets it up for kind of like okay, this is like the introduction of going into the shade world, almost or like understanding like kind of where it's gonna go, like uh, setting things up, but. But yeah, even though even though it's uh, mostly an orchestral piece um, there are parts where the sound effects really take uh prominence mm-hmm. so there's a part in the middle like uh where um it's uh using the sphinx theme but it's actually in sad form in this case it's with the solo violin um nice. and uh I think I, I think I had some sound effects built around that um a little bit but after the music stops you can h- kind of hear like some uh, monster sounds in the distance um i think i cool. used uh, a natural forces pack from heavy audio i think for that they had like some cool. they had some creepy sounds in there so it was kind of cool um so i just put that in um you know the whole winding up of the toy at the next section that was fun yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. um yeah i think it was uh i think alex came up with the idea for that so i was trying to find something that nice. like worked and stuff so that was fun but the part where the sound effects really stand out is um at the end when all the orchestral stuff uh stops is uh it's almost like there's a person walking into this world about to explore yeah, this world yeah, yeah. and I kind of wanted to uh, emulate that so um finally enough on this keyword there's some sounds that you can use uh with like some footsteps so I kind of took some cool. of those and then I also layered some sounds together to make like a sh- sword like sheathing um Alex had an idea for that. Um, nice. it was like, can you make like someone sheathing his sword? almost like, he's about to go on an adventure. I'm just like, okay. So, <laughs> so I, so I just sure. found some sounds and I layered them together to make it sound like,
0: sh- <laughs> yeah. So this is really like sound design at this point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cool. It was, it was almost like, uh, trying to z- design a sound for video games or, yeah. uh, or for movies. Um, and yeah. that's like a whole like other profession in itself. Like, uh, I had to do some of it when I was uh, when I was at Fanshawe college, I had to, you know, actually sync up sounds with actual film. Mm. And I've also, I've also done a film as well. I, uh, wow, I, uh, cool. I had to do this music for this fashion film, which uh, fashion uh, they were, yeah, it was for a fashion film. Um, the, there's like a fashion department at Fanshawe and they uh, and the, the head of the coordinator of Fanshawe, uh, MIA music industry arts, uh, arts uh dan Broadbeck asked me to uh write music for what they were working on i was like yeah i'll do it so, oh, <laughs> so uh so yeah awesome. it was um it was a great it was a fun film to work on i i learned a lot from uh doing that like um yeah. you know i think i i think i ended up with like 250 tracks in the end or something crazy but um wow it was it was uh it was a new learning experience for me Um like uh And making sure you can finish all that with a deadline in mind it's like oh boy (laughs) it's
0: a (laughs) big work and i mean you you have to like time everything to to the footage right so you've got to watch the scene and you've got to work out your tempos and things that is going to have things in the right place right i mean that's a whole other set of challenges to composing like that
1: yeah and um and like sync is just it's so noticeable uh when it comes to when it comes to film like i notice it very often but but getting that sync right is so challenging um yeah like i remember i had to make a kind of like computer typing noises at the beginning of this film um with uh with sounds of the sounds i had and i'm just like how am i going to make this exactly so so you like, had I, to
0: do all the sound design as well all the sound effects for yeah the film yeah. yeah i
1: had wow. to do the sound effects um because like uh the the film is called a uh, Rose, Rosetta.exe. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's kind of about like AI technology almost. Like they were kind of like trying to combine like fashion and AI almost. I think that's what the concept was. But, mm-hmm. but like um, I had, there was like a part at the beginning where there was a, they were typing like the title in. I was just like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to have like typing keys here. I'm not sure if it was a director's idea, but, um, but mm-hmm. at least I thought it would be cool. Um, mm-hmm. So I was like trying to sync up all those sounds and I just remember how challenging it was it was uh and uh and I had to take sounds like from libraries that I thought wouldn't work at all but um I was able to print it print those sounds and like kind of like shorten them up lengthen them and to make it sound like it's like a typewriter or something yeah yeah it was uh it was a unique challenge and uh and then there were parts where I had to make like waterfall sounds make the waterfall sounds like it's on the left because the waterfall is on the left right or wow yeah um, oh and
0: you're mixing 5.1 were you or or was it still still
1: actually i actually wasn't mixing uh, a 5.1 for this i was just mixing stereo stereo. um thankfully i was (laughs) because i'm yeah yeah that's another another thing (laughs) yeah i'm not very (laughs) good at 5.1 um i had to i had to learn about it but um i'm not a i'm not a 5.1 mixer by any means Uh, sure yeah you know you have like five speakers and then the point one is a subwoofer basically
0: yeah Um, yeah yeah because you have cinematics around sound basically yeah yeah
1: yeah but um but yeah like just having that task of like doing music and also doing sound effects like that was yeah there was a lot to deal with there and then when and then when the film length changed I had to print the entire thing and then I had to like shorten sections up and I had to have one track for just the print and then I also had to add like additional sound effects on the print it was oh boy <laughs> yeah but but well I'm not obviously I'm not task. like uh obviously I'm not like you know sighing like oh this is so hard like no sure yeah yeah big challenge yeah well what I'm saying is is that it was a big challenge and it was exciting right mm. and like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it was yeah it was it was so fun to do I'm uh, grateful for the experience and uh actually got screened at quite a few film festivals around the globe which i was quite surprised by um so yeah it was it was really fun and but yeah back to back to kind of blood of indigo in a way like that that sort of like those sort of ideas uh made its way into blood of indigo almost Mm -hmm. um yeah and uh and like you know even though it's not like synced up with uh with film uh, you're still trying to create like the sound of a film just through sound
0: yeah but, yeah, um, yeah yeah
1: but yeah it was uh it, it was just really fun to, it's just always really fun creating like an environment because you know uh sounds can also be music um it's not yeah, always. Yeah, uh yeah. it's not always just like tonal sounds right but, mm-hmm. but yeah really fun
0: <laughs> really cool man yeah really cool I, I i i love that again i i um can relate to your creative vision in that way you know I, i i love that approach obviously it's definitely what you've got going with blood of indigo where it has that it's so conceptual and you have obviously all the amazing artwork that goes with it and so it just makes sense to create this kind of thematic um cinematic sound to it like yeah that that's the stuff that i i love and that i like like to do as well and Like um, the Arcane Muse as well also had that bird song and kind of magical forest, especially at the beginning. So yeah, that's exactly the kind of stuff I love, man, which is really cool. I'm curious, is is film and maybe video games and things like that, is that something that you would like to do more of or you prefer the metal, obviously?
1: I mean, I definitely uh, prefer the metal for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I did try to... Get sound designer jobs once uh Mm. there was a period where I was trying to do that um but um I think they were looking for more of a higher standard so I didn't really uh, get those jobs but uh Mm. um I'd say maybe if someone asked me to do a film I'd be up for that like if it was just Mm. um maybe more writing music for the film uh and not so much like doing fully sound effects like I'm open to doing some but uh
0: yeah, yeah, I, yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, I'd say I'm I'm say I'm more like in the vein of uh kind of writing music for the film and kind of capturing that like moment there. But
0: yeah, if you could do like yeah. blood of indigo dark fantasy film score or something, then that would be epic.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd definitely probably go to that route. I'd probably go that
0: yeah. route. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Oh well, I the the time has completely flown by, man. I actually <laughs> can't believe how long we've been talking I feel like there's still so much that I uh, (laughs) want to talk to you (laughs) about but um, I guess I guess we'll have to like sort of start to to wrap it up Um, so I mean uh, what what, what's what's next for you man and and what what things do you want to get in there is there (laughs) anything you particularly want to say or uh, yeah go for it man
1: (laughs) anything I want to say um well, I guess there's a lot of things to say. Maybe if, yeah, if yeah, I can yeah. think, if I can think of what to say, <laughs> what are the things I have to do? What's um.
0: what's what, what's what's next for you, man? What's what's coming up? What are you up to at the moment? And what's uh, well, um, uh,
1: well, right now I'm uh, working on uh, the Haven Dream album. Uh, that's for sure. Um, that's been more of my focus these days. Um, I've also been working with uh, other groups too, like kind of like I was mentioning before. I mean, um. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them's like an orchestral project, uh, um, the other ones a mixing more mixing project and also uh, mm-hmm. kind of like a vocal production project too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else is there? I think it's mostly those things right now. I'm also playing a show next week, so that's fun. Uh, cool. but yeah, I'd say, I'd say my main project is, uh, kind of working on Haven dream right now and, uh, mm-hmm. getting the, the first album out. It's, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be an album about uh, uh, mental health, uh, which cool. is uh, why I was calling it. I decided to call it internal. Uh, the album, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be called nice. internal. Just a simple title for mental health. Um, I guess if
0: you want to call it that way. Um, cool. Um, and what 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 kind of mm, what kind of uh, approach in a way would you would you have to encapsulating mental health? Like, uh, I don't know, um, what kind of approach? Um, is it like you have different songs that are about different top like aspects yeah, of mental health, or
1: yeah, like, um, you know, mental health was always a, a topic that was very close to me, um, because I always had, um, you know, a lot of dark periods in my life. Um, I think we, I think we all have, right?
0: Um, yeah, sure, I can relate, <laughs> um,
1: but uh. But yeah, I think I think a lot of that album, especially um, instrumentally for sure, um, and then lyrically too. Um, and Alina had some stuff she wanted to express as well through the lyrics. Um, mm-hmm. but like, um, a lot of that was um, my like sort of dark energy being funneled into it, and it's almost like through that music, I was able to almost heal myself in a way because I was nice. kind of. Instead of like uh holding everything inside, I was like just releasing it into a yeah, cathartic that
0: release. Yeah.
1: Cathartic, like making me feel as though um I was alive again almost. Um yeah. I don't know. I don't think I know what my life would be without music, that's for sure. Um uh, but uh but yeah, like this whole album was uh just kind of uh, letting my like expressing my mental health in a lot of ways. Um uh you definitely instrumentally. Um, and, uh, and it's, and it was, us, uh, and it's supposed to sound like, uh, very over the top, like emotional. And that's kind of how I like, uh, mm-hmm. intended it to be. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, and I also just wanted, uh, something different from, uh, uh, other symphonic metal records, uh, something where it's kind of, uh, uh, my brain froze. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay, uh, man.
0: Yeah. oh, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, I I really feel that. And I, I think that's the thing is if you do really have that much authentic emotion in your music, then it is going to set it apart, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think I wanted the emotion to really come through in this music. Um, I was very, I was just very particular in how I wanted it to sound. And, uh, yeah, there's like there's one song on this record that's uh well, like all of them are mostly over the top. Um there are some softer ones, but um there's one song uh I can I can uh do a little uh, sneak peek on this why not. Um but there <laughs> yes. there is one song we did do a video for um that's uh oh. that's like just over the top mostly everywhere and uh it's like it's kind of about like uh overthoughts and like overthoughts like um Mm -hmm. overtaking your every action um making you think like dark stuff for example um or like the or like the way to my sea is for example uh about like uh empathy and uh you know empathy is not only only like light-sided it can also be dark-sided for example um it's like it's almost like um there's like water filling up in your brain almost um that was kind of like the analogy behind that um and it was just like clouding uh your emotions and you couldn't find yourself through just like feeling all those you know like things about other people or something like that um yeah it was an interesting concept <laughs> um so, and then yeah. um and then uh and then uh my schizophrenia was uh it was uh i think it was um i think it was originally um, Alina's idea to talk about this one because I think it was about something else before. Uh, but but then she had the idea of, uh, you know, why don't we talk about schizophrenia, like hearing voices in your head? Because um, it's not like a mental health subject that's uh, talked about very often. I'm just like, it's a great idea. We should talk about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I think that's an interesting topic. Yeah. I mean, the f- I've uh, unfortunately, I suppose, had some good friends that struggled with schizophrenia and things like that. I think it's a very, yeah, very interesting topic. But I mean, all of mental health, I suppose, is it's, it's things, important things for people to relate to. And as you say, like, because you're a composer and especially an instrumentalist, like to be able to kind of embed that much emotion in the actual music, you know, I think that a lot of people on a surface level, non-musicians especially can take words and lyrics, but, But you know, when you embed that much emotion into the music, it is something that you can feel on a on a deeper level, and that's that's just kind of magic in a way.
1: So, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, there's going to be lots of topics on this record. Like post traumatic stress disorder is another one. Um, Mm -hmm. Anxiety, of course, Um, depression as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I kind of wanted to. It's almost like I want people to feel like those types of uh, feels, those, feel those subjects like heavily, like really want to feel them. I think that was kind of my goal with this. But yeah, mm. yeah,
0: cool, cool. Yeah, and especially with that context, certainly, mm. certainly allows that. <laughs> I could tell that that music the I did two tracks at least that you've got for that project were heavy in that way you know emotionally uh Mm -hmm. heavy rather than just metal heavy you know and so yeah that's that's really interesting to to know about man and and it it does add a sense of depth to the music to um to hear talk about that so that's that's really cool man
1: yeah well i'm excited for people to hear it once it's out Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah cool man yeah i'm 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 super super excited for that so and um like you mentioned that age of athena is kind of like you kind of guys all took a break for it from it through lockdown and stuff like that and then you came back to do the album is is that how active is age of athena right now
1: um i'd say we're mostly taking a break right now but Mm -hmm. we are we are however um Working on songs here and there for another album cool yeah we're out there right now i'm not sure if i can say too much else but uh um, sure yeah but, that's cool man. but yeah but yeah that's uh yeah i can definitely say that though we're I'm um, still we did get together for um a second album and uh we've uh talked about maybe what songs to use and we're still writing some more ideas mm-hmm. so we'll probably have a lot of ideas to choose from for the next album but um but yeah oh, that's nice. um it's kind of where we're at right now yeah
0: cool cool and i've seen you know murmurings of blood of indigo material as well new new stuff coming and yeah um alex spoke about the fact that you guys would love to uh kind of in the next step to music videos and also start playing live at some point as well so yeah and we've too. uh
1: you yeah, we've been asked to uh we've been asked to play live by our local uh uh, Toronto, uh, promoter <laughs> many times already, so uh, yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, she really wants us to come on stage with some other people, so um, cool, yeah, we'll, we'll, we might be, might be working on that soon. We, we don't, we actually don't know when we're gonna start playing live yet, um, mm-hmm. we haven't decided yet, but um, but yeah, definitely is eventually oh, gonna happen, nice, yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. we're working on album two material, so that's fun. We have uh, lots of new ideas already, um so that's that's something we're gonna be focusing on and uh and yeah we'll potentially have a new video around sometime soon that's for sure
0: cool yeah that'll be that'd be interesting to see and mm. uh and and you have your studio right and you've mentioned that you do some work some mixing things like that a, you know is that something that you're looking to push like can people reach out to you for like services mixing production that kind of thing
1: yeah absolutely so i'm um, I call it studio grandiose um nice. i just need to give myself a name basically it was it's funny i'm uh <laughs> i think like i think alex said that name one time uh just nice. just randomly when we were in conversation and i'm just like yes that's the name so i'm just like i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna call the studio business that because why not um <laughs> uh, sure I man I, it's,
0: a, it's a grandiose sound <laughs> that you have so yeah,
1: yeah and it, it just kind of described my sound perfectly so i'm like yeah that that has to be that so um so, yeah, like um, what I do for that is, you know, I do keyboards, um, I do orchestration, some mostly focused on that stuff, but I also do, uh, you know, some production and mixing. I also do mastering um, and some writing for people too. I'm a songwriter. Um, cool. so, so, yeah, you could say I do a lot of things, um, but um, I do offer all of those things under Studio Gradios for, yeah, whoever wants to work with me. Cool. I'm man. absolutely down
0: cool that, that, that's wicked man that's wicked well you know i think that uh it's probably as good a place as any to wrap it up i feel like uh you know mm. there's still plenty we could talk about but you know uh, i, I will have to do it again in, uh, another time perhaps
1: yeah like uh yeah more classical music conversations i guess <laughs> that,
0: that's it yeah i mean yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. it's a
0: whole it's a, a whole too. other kind of worms isn't it yeah i think that, yeah, like, yeah. I, I think there's just a funny story to share that like uh before before we go, which is that um like we, we started a conversation uh on Instagram. Obviously we yeah, had like a few yeah. a few kind of like uh exchanges here or there. I remember like Blood of Indigo, you guys had the Discord server and I remember talking about Yu-Gi-Oh a bit. No, <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah, um yeah. but but we had a conversation that started over Instagram. It started about squirrels. <laughs> oh, yeah. st- we, it was so random. We just started talking about squirrels because you posted something about squirrels. Like and yeah. in Ontario, you guys have all these black squirrels, which are super cool. And yeah. Uh, yeah. and I just responded to that and we were chatting about squirrels. And then from there it just kind of snowballed into a massive conversation <laughs> about like
1: yeah. a
0: lot actually, as you said, a lot about classical music and music in yeah, general yeah. and eventually it got to a point where I had to say like, man, do you want to come on the podcast? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's just going to be easier to talk, man. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was really cool.
1: I can safely say the squirrels are getting much fatter for winter.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 For sure, man. It's their, it's their, yeah, it's yeah. their time. But like, yeah, I mean, obviously we spoke a lot about classical music and, um, uh yeah i don't want to go down too much of a rabbit hole here but like yeah you, you know you're you're really into classical music as well and like maybe uh you could just briefly mention some of the kind of stuff that you mentioned to me about like your favorite composers favorite music there and you know perhaps that'd be a nice place to wrap up
1: <laughs> yeah i mean probably some of my favorites are uh uh i love list i love his uh you know, technical improvisational type of style. um mm-hmm. Chopin's great too. I actually picked this up the other day because boys wanted a copy of these. We all know oh, what they that's... are.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah all the yeah, ballads, the Chopin ballads. Yeah, beautiful piano works. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love those works. um You know, or some other ones. I really like Debussy. Debussy's great too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the. Variety of tonal colors, the non-functional harmony. It just, um, just like again instills feeling within me. I just love those, uh, coloristic changes. Yeah. Very fun. But, but yeah, those are, those are a few of my favorites. Um, I probably forgot some, but uh,
0: those are, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, is, I remember that it's, it's largely about romantic composers, right? Which, yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, uh, largely into romantic. Uh, classical music as well probably a lot of metalheads that are into classical music are um but again it kind of goes back to what you said about that uh making really sort of emotionally moving music right so the fact that you have such an influence in romantic music it, it makes a lot of sense
1: yeah and a lot of it has made its way into like uh my improvisation and uh like the romantic and impressionist music um it's uh I just love like combining those two worlds together and uh yeah you know improvisation is just a huge part of uh I'd say I don't I don't do it as daily uh, these days because because of uh, other things of course but um it was something I would do a lot like back in university days and uh and uh, it's yeah it's still a huge part of my life yeah improvising nice.
0: yeah. And, and you you managed to incorporate techniques of composers and such by, I guess, playing, just playing their music and developing yeah. their styles and then improvising on that.
1: Yeah, like, uh, I like think it all started off with, uh, I think, uh, I really, I remember when I heard, uh, you know, one of my uh, classmates playing uh, Sposilisio by Liszt, um, part of the uh Anes de Prominage series. Um, and, and, uh, I was uh curious to learn it and then i guess uh i guess around there like in high school that's kind of where uh, my uh journey to uh discovering improvisation began i believe i don't quite remember where it began to be honest um i think it was when i started getting into bands like uh you know dragon force and Antarctica, stradivarius mm-hmm. uh, those type of bands um where they had like all the keyboard solos everywhere um nice yeah. i think that's when i started to get into improvisation uh I was just so fascinated with the fact of just being able to sit down and just play anything I wanted. Um, yeah. And uh, and then eventually when I started liking classical music, um, whatever like techniques there were, I just wanted to try improvising on those. Like, even if it was just a small phrase of a technique, I would improvise that. I mm-hmm. can just uh, do it in my own way, but yeah, it's, it's always fun to do. I, I love uh i love doing it um every time i sit at the keyboard it's like routine for me to, uh, nowadays um nice. and uh funnily enough i'm writing a book on this very subject um I really? haven't, uh, wow. yeah yeah i decided to i decided to start writing it uh last month i believe or well now it's november so it was in september i decided wow, to cool. start writing it. it was in the back of my mind uh for i don't know since maybe 2020 ish or 2019. I don't remember, but,
0: nice.
1: but yeah, it's a, uh, it's a bit of a hobby right now. I would, I would say just kind of writing those thoughts out about like how I approach it and stuff But uh,
0: so yeah. about approaching improvisation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, uh, kind of like my thought process behind it and like, uh, nice.
0: you
1: know, ways you can learn to improvise yourself almost. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah every now and then I'll come back to writing some ideas. Um, I'm obviously focused on other projects at the moment, but, uh, sure, but-, but, but yeah, it's, um, it's a fun subject to write about. There's a lot to talk about with it and it's just a very creative, uh, fun adventure. So,
0: yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's, that's fascinating. Like, yeah, that that's a whole conversation in and of itself that I'm, I'd be very interested. I, I'll certainly be up for reading your book once, once you have that in a, uh, Beautiful yeah. format. I mean, I would definitely say improvisation is. Uh, I wouldn't say it's one of my strong suits. So that's really cool that it's something that you're passionate about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and most videos I share with people or Instagram are just me making stuff up for the most part. I, it it mm-hmm. just comes. Uh, just comes so naturally to me these days because I've kind of made a sound for my own myself and just uh, making nice. things up. But but yeah, I don't know. That's a bit about that. So, yeah,
0: yeah, amazing, man, amazing. So, yeah, well, we'll we'll have to do it again sometime so we can we can approach some of these other topics, especially get into yeah music itself more. Like, yeah, I feel like yeah. we could, we we could speak uh, a lot about man. But it's been absolutely great just to get more of your background and hear about your projects and things too. And you know, I hope that people can listen to this and get a, a good introduction to all of those things man so you know thank you so much for for your time and it's, it's been a real pleasure man
1: yeah yeah you're very really welcome man and um thanks so much for having me i mean to be honest with you this is like my first uh like one-on-one interview um uh so it's yeah, uh and cool. i mean i mean i i guess it's kind of it's more of like a podcast though right but um sure but, yeah. uh Podcaster or interview? I, I guess that's the same thing, right?
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> a, yeah. Of, yeah, seems interchangeable to some to some degree. Yeah,
1: right? yeah, but but yeah, this is like kind of like uh, you know my first interview where like uh, you know someone wanted to talk with me more like one on one type of style. So,
0: just yeah, cool. thanks
1: so much for having me on.
0: Oh uh, yeah, it's, been, it's it's been a total pleasure, man. I just you know I, I the the style really is that I just like to have conversations with like-minded people you know like like yourself and we just record it so other people can (laughs) check it out too you know and um yeah so yeah i i knew after just chatting like a bit that uh you know we'd have plenty to speak about so you know i'm I'm really glad we've done this and i just look forward to doing it again sometime man yeah same here (laughs) cool man all right well cheers (laughs) cheers man Thank you for listening to this episode of Creating a Universe. A special thank you to Nathan for joining me. I really enjoyed this conversation. Be sure to check out Nathan's links at linktr.ee forward slash Nathan underscore gross. Links will be in the show notes. That's all for this one. Until next time, take care.